This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Gigapansu of Excalibur, Melo Targaryen of Fairy, Volkai Nilo of Balmung. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Looking for the newest, hottest game around? Well, get hip with the youngsters and learn coolest game around, Boulder Parchment Shears. Boulder Parchment Shears is a game of action, deception, and humiliation. Use one of three special skills to overpower your foes. Be mighty like a Rogadin and throw a powerful boulder to crush your enemy. Be keen-minded like a Lalafell and trick your rival with parchment. Be quick and sharp like a Mikote and slice and dice your opposition into tiny bits with shears. Boulder Parchment Shears is also perfectly balanced as all things should be, so the only thing stopping you from winning is you, Boulder Parchment Shears. Is it game day yet? Live from Aorzea. Limit. Break. With your hosts, Unhero. Now behold the horror you have wrought. I said don't take your clothes off. Juxtapositions. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. Limitbreakradio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Episode number 162. I am, of course, Ev, one of your hosts, Aniro. Just kidding, it's Juxta. How are you guys doing? I had you fooled, didn't I? I don't think you fooled anyone. Yeah, I fooled everybody. With me know. today is the lovely Nika Kayani. Nika, oh, I'm lovely. Thank you. Yeah, I know, you're very lovely today because I am. I'm going to have to lean on you a lot today because okay. uh, uh, we, are, uh, we are a truncated crew today. Uh, truncated crew. <laughs> that means we have no Kahlo and no Aniro today. Truncated? Uh, I don't. I don't need any trunks. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm wearing boxers. So, uh, but that's okay. uh, that's not going to stop LBR. No, no, no. Because I have enlisted the help of our ever dependable interns. We got uh, Lloyd and Skuro today, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. Not that bad. All right. So, uh, so uh, with our with our uh, smaller cast, uh, Lloyd, you will be uh, filling in the shoes of a Nero today. So it's uh, pretty big shoes to fill. Here's like oh. first real time, like being like full time on air. You're throwing him as the Nero. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, I'm uh, making it's because I have the beard. Because I have a beard. It's bigger oh. than a Nero's. It's nicer too. Soft and silky. Actually, I'm not sure I've ever that was seen. Creepy. I don't think I've ever seen Lloyd in person. Yeah, I don't so. know if I know what you look like either. Really? Yeah. I don't even. I don't even. I've never even seen. A I picture. mean, I guess I've looked at your Facebook. I don't think I've ever but looked at his Facebook. <laughs> and, you saw uh, a bunch of pictures of dudes. <laughs> and uh, we we also have a uh, Skuro. He's going to be filling in for Kahlo today because uh, Kahlo brought in Skuro, so. I, in my opinion, he is directly responsible for everything Skuro does. So, um, yeah. Also, you know, just got to be narcissistic. And I have my own boot fund, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. More yeah. than I've got. And that's, that's, that's very <laughs> fair. <laughs> 
Oh God! All right, so uh, yeah, we're gonna we have our our two interns today, and uh, you know what? I think uh, I feel like it would be a uh, a good test uh, to see how well our interns can uh, act as hosts of LBR, uh, as guest hosts, side hosts, whatever you want to call them. Your future with our show depends on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, I'm just also saying, no pressure. I, no, no none. Pressure at all. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not saying that there's uh, not uh, only one position for intern at LBR, but I'm also not saying there is only one position of uh, intern at LBR. So I'm just saying maybe after this, uh, we may only have one intern after this. So maybe you should uh, put your best foot forward, so to speak. So wait, do I, do I actually get to be a fi- like finally an actual intern? I'm like I've been like su- like super summer seasonal interim. <laughs> been inter- a summer seasonal intern for, for like two years. <laughs> yeah for like two years. <laughs> it's been long gone. Screw you! Fuck everything up. That's why you keep on becoming yeah. I, I don't know intern. who decided we were actually going to have two interns. I figured one of the interns would replace number six, and then we would have a new intern. But uh, that didn't I mean, happen. I think I can glad get seniority though. You know, see now seniority is not I based on times time in the crew. It's based on skill and your uh, the assets you bring to us as a crew. Yes, uh, exactly. How much did you put into the outline? Uh, I did a bit, quite a bit this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I'm I'm actually surprised at uh, <laughs> everyone uh, everyone in this room right now because I figured I was gonna wake up this Sunday morning and find uh, my skeleton outline still a skeleton, but uh, everyone contributed, so I'm uh, very proud. Clapping for you guys. You See, guys actually did. The four of us make a good team. We sh- we'll just be the new show and they can be the interns. Uh, absolutely not. Because, <laughs> oh, God, no. Because I had to actually put up work and uh, like, do stuff for this show, which but I normally don't. People give don't. me shit for, for not doing that much on the outlines, but like you didn't even play an MMO for the MMO tour last week, so I don't even know. <laughs> don't even have any words. Uh, I'd, uh, I had things to do, you know, I had, uh-huh. I, had a- As if I didn't with my last two week of school crunch <laughs> and they're like, you can find three hours to play an MMO. I'm like, no, fuck you. I can't. And like, yeah, you can. But what did you do, Juxta? Actually, no, hold on. Shut the fuck up. I played World of Warcraft. All right. Thank you, you very much. You've already played that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I played at least three hours during the MMO tour. Uh-huh, Thank okay. you very much. So uh-huh. yes, I did that. Okay. That is effort. It's okay. It's a thing, I guess. But uh, the thing is, like, Kahlo already had WoW covered. We didn't need two people on WoW. We could have had more input if you had played something else. Actually, no, because World of Warcraft is such a large, expansive game that we had to have two people on it. So, uh huh. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Uh, so you can uh, you can find us. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's uh, kick it over to our Eorzean Studios. Oh, with I'm our... not there yet. Don't do that yet. Oh my god. <laughs> with our uh, oh with god, our jank. You're so late today. <laughs> with our jank studio, uh, studio or, uh, our jank setup. On, on the stream, but uh, there we are. We got uh, my lovely si- or my lovely studio redesign. There's Carletta. It looks nice. I will say, I like it. Yeah, I thought I tried to do something different. Like I literally spent an entire day reading up on new glitches for housing and stuff, and I tried <laughs> like I tried making like an elevated stage so we could all sit on top of that, but 
that's still not possible, I guess. So I just lost an entire day uh, fucking with it. Yeah, but uh, but yep, uh, we also have uh, uh, lots and lots of uh, Namazu vendors, courtesy of Frumpy Raccoon. Thank you. Very oh, I could much. have gotten those if I knew you needed them. Except have you have to be part of our link shell, Anika, which you're not. Oh, you can't like pass them. Oh, there they are. Sold. Part of the link shell, or the free company, because my else. Well, company. free company, free company. Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong terminology. And also, also a lot of uh, cool items are courtesy of uh, Decibels, who gave me a lot of money and uh, materials. I just had him working sweat and blood, uh, uh, midnight oil all the time. So thank you to Frumpy Raccoon and thank you to Decibels. But wait, what the hell happened to stage D? It's still there. It's in the back. Yeah, it's actually right at the stairs. So if you want to enter the studio, you have to, you know, touch it. You got rid of the landing Please strip on the balls, right? Please. Um, I don't know what the balls are, so uh, it's stage D. So, okay. yeah. You can join us in uh, in Eorzea in the Goblet Fifth Ward Plot 30 if you are still, you know, subscribed to this game, which half of us on are On Sargatana's server. Sargatana's, yes. Try going there on another server. I don't think you'll find us, but... You might, but um, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, we are doing calls today. It's going to be a little janky. You, you can only go through Discord, but uh, at www.limitbreakradio.com slash Discord, uh, there'll be a wait, whole... Wait, wait. What? If our interns are here, though, yeah, I'm, who's oh, doing the calls? Oh, my gosh, Nick. It's almost like I was about to explain all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you it's almost like me. I knew that. Wow. And I wanted to... Just say something to set you up for it. Okay. Thank, you just thanks. wanted the show to know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just go ahead and talk in the LBR, the hashtag LBR calls channel. And uh, Lloyd, he will not be able to talk to you directly, but he will be more than happy to type out everything you will need to do. And um, I'll be keeping an eye on that as well to make sure we have people in there. So, and where are Skuro and Lloyd's characters in the studio? <laughs> where are oh. they? Uh, my character's dead. It's like Moonbrita. Like I put <laughs> him out the pasture. That's yeah. never coming back. Uh, what's what's a Moonbrita? I don't think I've ever heard that Moon word. Moonbrita's the best. Moon what's her face? Moon dead in the water. Serious question though. Shouldn't we get interns that actually care about this game? <laughs> Nika, before, before we get interns I'll that care about my this position game, here. <laughs> before we can get interns that care about this game, we need to get hosts that care about hey, this game. Hey, I play this game every day. I mean, are you enjoying it? Um, I'm enjoying raiding, and I'm enjoying Namazu Beast Tribe Quest sort of a little bit. AFK in the Golden Saucer is not playing this game every day. Oh, I AFK there when I'm done it's for not the a day. I've been playing perform. I've been playing perform with my friend Tyon. He's like a music teacher, and so we have perform sessions now. That's... It's fun, and I do the rating, and I have been invested in watching people stream Ultimate. Also, isn't that against TOS to be playing like music that's not? As long as you're not posting it anywhere or playing mm-hmm. it, like, uh, I don't. I don't think that's think, true, Nika. No, I'm pretty sure you can play whatever in the game, but you can't post it on YouTube or post it anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not... I'm calling suspect on this. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't say what I was playing. I just said perform sessions. I didn't say what. <laughs> oh, so you're not playing anything that's not outside of Final Fantasy 14? Nope. It's just jam session. You are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual jam session. That's where Final Fantasy XIV's come to. 
Yeah. Uh, we also have an uh, LBR Reddit made by LBRMe fans. That's at uh, slash r slash Limit Break Radio. There's uh, uh, not much going on there, but uh, if you go there, I'll probably uh, see it if you post or talk about anything because it's on my uh, little my little Reddit uh, let it real, I guess. Um, we also have uh, the podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your uh, podcasting needs fulfilled. Um, it's a really good idea. Uh, also, leave us iTunes reviews if they're adequately funny and or awful. We will read them on air. And, um, yeah, we got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, visit our website, www.limitbreakradio.com, for all of our episodes and news and all the other cool stuff. And uh, we also have our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash LimitBreakRadio. We are above the $1,300 a month mark. So that means we will have the Let's Be Real podcast. It is funded. So sometime this month, uh, not next week, which I'll tell you why, but probably the week after that, we should have the... Yeah, we're going to set the date for them, guaranteed the week after next (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, most likely, almost. Maybe not. It depends on uh, if a Nero can get all the... Please quote Jexta and let a Nero know that's when it's starting. <laughs> Assuming a Nero can get all the production done, which I'm I'm sure he can. He doesn't do anything anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, that's probably... A part <laughs> None of us in- do anything in our lives. <laughs> that's probably partly in thanks to Kahlo's postcards from Eorzea, given to you every month for just a mere $20 a month pledge. Uh, you should be getting... The Juxta's Patreon card in the mail. Um, actually, I could probably bring that up. Uh, but yeah, we have that. Uh, uh, we have that. Uh, it is. Uh, it's all done. It's. Uh, I think. I'm pretty sure he sent it out very recently. So, uh, gosh, I have to do a display cap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, fuck it, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> digging, digging, searching. Lazy fucker, come on, do it. Do it. I can't do, do it. it. I can't do it right now. I'm not uh, I'm not as well-versed in the uh, the OBS arts as someone like a Nero. So. But uh, you should definitely sure. check that out. It is very cool. It features me, of course. I am uh, having a sandcastle. And it is very cool looking. Now, actually, if you can't, uh, if you didn't uh, donate to the Patreon at $20 a month last month in May, then you can't get it anymore, unfortunately. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, very sad. And I, t- I believe that does complete the, uh, the summer edition of the Postcards from Eorzea. If I'm you know not- what? Why was the Sandcast not like more strategically placed? <laughs> right it should have been like laid out and just like right around that crotch area it's not this was not supposed to be a innuendo postcard we've gotten <sighs> a few people not enjoying the constant juxta innuendo stuff so we we wanted a clean one this time uh, and this mm-hmm. is by the way from the wonderful work of noriko star thank you very much noriko it captures my essence perfectly much love, Noriko, but I'm bringing the creativity into question. Oh. Could have gone that extra mile. Boo. Oh, no, it's good. <laughs> and uh, uh, one more bit of LBR news. There will not be a Limit Break Radio next week. 
What? That, that's yeah. right. Next week. What will people do on next Sunday? Nothing else important is happening. Only LBR. Well, it's uh, well not LBR <laughs> next week actually, but it's uh, the seventeenth of uh, of June, which happens to be Father's Day as well. So oh, I wasn't good. planning on being here, and if Jux is not here, we just got to cancel the whole show. So whole show, yeah. Well, just because your father doesn't mean you have to celebrate Father's Day. Your kids. This is, no, this is his time. first Father's Day. This is special. It is no. my very first one. Oh, I feel so good. But like. Like, can you call it a Father's Day when they can't talk yet? Yes. Yeah. You can call it a Father's like, Day they're when they're practically like pregnant. AFK at that point. I understand the Mother's Day thing because she like, actually oh, no, worked for no, that kid. No. She worked for the kid. You know what? didn't do shit. You gotta be five. You gotta hey. be five, then you consider yourself a mother and father. No. No, no. Uh, nope. I'm a father. It's not AFK because uh, Bert Bert, little Bert Bert cries all the time unless she's being held, so... Like, I tried putting her in the corner for, like, you know, half an hour, two hours at a time, and after a while, she just starts crying. She doesn't like it, so I gotta... Well, I hope you get a fucking weird-ass tie and a <laughs> mug for Father's Day. <laughs> you know, I was dad of the year. I would appreciate a tie. I don't need a <laughs> mug, but a tie, maybe some pajama pants. Maybe a, pajama pants? Maybe styling. a good gr- uh, grilling tong or, or fork. Where I want to fuck Ooh, the only like, shows uh, with juxta count. Hashtag apron. praise juxta hash mutilates girl. Holy shit, that is violent. Yeah, wow, thanks, Frumpy. Uh, like. Very good. Uh, only shows with juxta count. That's very accurate. And mutilates girl. Very accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman brings up a good point. Uh, why is Bert Bert not interning? Because <laughs> Bert Bert would just, you know, suck on the cables and then probably get electrocuted. I mean, to be fair, I think that's probably adding that. That would be a good more. show, though. No, it wouldn't. As a premise. That would be awful. <laughs> okay, one minus one point towards permanent host. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was mean. I didn't threaten Bert. You never threatened. Like you never talk one? bad about babies. Talk all you want about the stupid parents, but not babies. I'm oh, trying to fill in as a Nero. I'm supposed to hate babies, right? Oh, yeah. Good job. Actually, that's a plus one for you. <laughs> no, so, good job. No, minus points. And to be fair, babies, like, I didn't really know much about babies until I had one, but holy shit, are they suicidal. Like, They're yeah. durable, though, right? Well, but how do they, they know that things that they do can kill them if they don't try it first? She just like tries crawling off the diaper changing table and like, you know, good thing I have daddy reflexes and I got like, caught her a couple of times, but <laughs> a couple times? Sure, we'll well, go with two. It's your fault for trying to how, teach her how to fly. How old is she now? She's nine months, like five days okay. ago. Nine okay. months. Oh, there. she's growing up so fast, but she's still really tiny. She's in the bottom 1% of like normal baby mass. Feed her. I do feed her. And that's another thing. Like, oh, why fair, don't, fair to feed her. Why don't babies like eat more? Like, it's like, they, oh, drink, they drink. Babies should be fat. They should be fat, but she's like, okay, I'm done now. I'm like, no, you only had half the bottle. Drink more. And she's like, I'm gonna slap this and get it all over the place. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, great. You just gotta like pinch her nose and then just be like, it tastes good. Damn it, drink this. <laughs> Yeah, she really clearly. I'm ready for a child. I don't know whose child this is to be honest, because she loves green beans and peas and vegetables, but she will not touch like chicken or turkey or any meat. 
definitely not my this is, this is not he's a vegetarian kid. already yeah i don't i don't know what's going on <laughs> you just guy. don't want to be fat like daddy gosh this Same. is a great show already we're talking about my baby <laughs> no uh, shit about final right, we don't have any more lbr news correct uh just right. talking about my baby that's like that's, no but that's, that's enough that's the that. show today I mean, yeah. you could have a show on Father's Day where we talk about your baby because it's relevant. It's not relevant right well, now. Well, we're not. You see, know, we, we're not doing a show next week, so that's why we got to oh, talk about it. Oh, too bad. Today. Guess we're done. Guess now. we're done. Guess we're done. Let's move on. And you know what? Like my baby is so cute. Like I was trying to, like you know, like be a good parent. Oh, let's go to ago, Final Fantasy. Disgraced a woman with all manners of banging hash impregnate hash bang mage. Hashtag bang mage. That's right. And you guys are <laughs> supposed to have the Streamlabs up. Skirt. Have it up. Or I have mine up, and I, I didn't talk those, Lloyd. I can't, it's not working for me. Well, so refresh. I think uh, another plus one for Skrill on intern. <laughs> I can't tell the two of you apart on your voice. You no, know, we so. need to put up like an OBS like counter of like who's got whose points. Oh yeah, I'll get right on that. And I'm not doing that. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, like babies are like <laughs> gross and ugly looking like 90% of the time. Like my coworker had a baby, and it's got the weird like creepy like alien skull face going on i give you five more seconds to talk about babies and like my baby is just beautiful and perfect right from the word go and i was fully prepared on my baby being ugly for like the first all right we've got some ff14 news as well so kind of a couple cool things happened this week right okay 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 let me let me do the ff14 news because okay good you're welcome huzzah big space for production goes now this is a limit breaking news update We have a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV news. Uh, apparently, the Alliance greed-only option uh, has. Why are been... you doing the news? I, I thought I was reading that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the news, and then that I throw to you. This is why we had no, the pre-meeting. Wow. No, because no, this you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Oh you're supposed God. to throw to me when you read the way we did the pause of the news. Yeah, he was going to read oh the first news, and I'm going to do the second one. No, okay. Fine, girl. Is... What do we got for Alliance greed? All right, Alliance Greed Only option received critical response through vigorous whining and crybaby tears, and this well, as it should be, as it was reverted, and SE will bring back the need option in the next yeah, hotfix. There's a hotfix I think this coming Tuesday. Okay. Uh, you look, they actually uh, he replied on the forums. I believe there's a link here to the actual post that uh, Yoshi posted, and he said uh, patch 4.3 brought major changes to the new greed system, and we received a lot of feedback from players around the world. After careful consideration, they've decided to revert those changes and will bring back the need option. This includes all alliance raids. Making you know, all that time grinding useless. I don't feel like they needed to do this. I did. This is stupid. No, it, it's no. really dumb. Like, if you if you want a piece of gear, you go on the job that you want the gear for. Like, I now I go on Samurai and I'm like, yes, I'm the only Samurai in the group, and there's no other monks. I can get the piece of gear that I want. Oh, but no, because literally everybody's rolling on everything. And guess okay, what? You go fair. back in there and you play it again. And guess what? More people are playing it, therefore the content lasts longer. And I don't have oh, to sit in fucking 30-minute queue as a DPS trying to get DPS gear. And you having to fight over it, whereas tanks no. and healers can just pop in week the one queue. and get all their shit and leave out. The queues for the new the two Evilies raids are not long because you need the coins for the upgrades for the gear. No, you'll always need that. And then when the next Evilise raid comes out, you'll need all three t- uh, coins for the upgrade. That's how it is every single time. So the the three Evilise raids will every always be Every single time. I Twice. can't say anything about the older ones, but like for <laughs> the know, new the raids... Obsolete, yeah. 
Yeah, for the new raids, those queue times are fine. I'm a samurai. I'm queuing up for it. The, the, the queue times are fine. It sounds like you guys are just whiny babies because now suddenly uh, tanks have to roll against people and your DPS have to roll against people. Guess what? As a healer, you always had that competition no matter what. And as a caster DPS, you probably had another caster in the party. So guess what? It was parody. You know what? I think you guys are whiny babies. I agree. Nah, you know, it needed to be done. It was stupid. And, because and we're it back should, in the bus all the DPS. It would have uh, helped with the fucking queue times because everybody who wants tank shit wouldn't have to all go tank. If you wanted a, a tank shit, but you know what? You're a healer, so now you can go and get your tank shit without having Why to do you want tank shit if you're a healer? To gear up an alt, Nika? Yeah. Right, so then you come on that job. If you're actually planning on playing it, then you play it. Or how about because your main is a healer, you want to help your party, but your alt is a tank and there adds item level 310. So what help is a 310 tank? You're going to get a Nero a 310 DPS. tank would be fine. No, it's or terrible. you're playing with some friends and they happen to be a majority of tanks and you still need to get that gear for, for maybe like raiding or something. You know, or savage play. Who knows? But either way, the fact is that, you know, at least level, the, the, the playing floor was level, and the queues were actually consistently rolling. Now it's like, okay. Gonna change. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll bottom out when the next, uh, next three comes out. It won't, because it'll of the upgrade items. No, it won't. People are still doing them because you need the coins for the upgrades. Telling you. Okay. These raids will not bottom out. It's fine. At least not until whatever the next 24 man is in 5 or 5.0. I just think it's a bunch of crybabiness. Very well, much so. Cry baby, so shut up. All right, so there was another patch uh, that came out. Nika, you want to talk about this patch? Sure. Patch 4.31 dropped last Tuesday, and literally, other than a bunch of bug fixes, the only thing that came with this is the Weapons Refrain Ultimate, which is Ultimate Ultima. Um, people have been grinding their faces off since Tuesday. Basically, I, the first thing I'd like to say is I'm so happy to see the Final Fantasy XIV Twitch uh, community visible again um there's yeah. been thousands thousands of people watching hundreds of streamers try to progress on this and as of 907 eastern time this morning world first group entropy from the eu servers has cleared weapons refrain ultimate they are still as far as i know the only ones who have cleared it although there are a few other groups that are expected to have cleared today i believe but uh it has not happened yet and we now, because it's been cleared, we can definitely expect to see those Twitch stream numbers drop like a rock. Um, I don't know. I was watching Mr. Happy for a while today, and he had between 2,000 and 4,000 people watching him at any given That's time. Mr. Happy. I know, oh, but, like, but, there were, but, but the other channels, there were like there were a bunch with oh, many hundred up to thousands of people watching. Yeah, like, but Nika, like on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, like uh, Zeno and Happy both had like 6,000 people, and we're already down to 2,000? That is a huge drop-off. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like also Happy had a good point that anyone who was actually going for a world first, like hardcore, was not streaming because you don't want to give away the little bits of information well, yeah. that you would know ahead of everybody else. So really, people were just watching it because they were the visible names that were streaming. Of course. But, uh, it's a really fucking insane fight. I've been watching a lot of it. Um, I, it, it 
blows my mind. But from what it seems like, there are a lot of groups that are really close to clearing. Mr. Happy is only about two minutes away from the end, and he says that other streaming groups are about that close too. The JP groups, we don't really know where they are. So, how long is the uh, is the fight? The fight is around sixteen minutes. <laughs> is it? It's 16? really it's really long. Yeah. How long is it compared to uh, uh, Ultimate Bahama? I think it's a little bit shorter. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so people were saying that this is, like, the reason people might have cleared this one earlier than, because Ultimate Bahamut took 11 days to clear, this took six. So people are saying that, you know, it feels like this one is a little bit shorter, so that's why, because, like, when you think about it, even though it's only, like, Ultimate Bahamut's just a couple minutes longer than Ultimate Ultima, progressing those last couple, like, you have to progress one mechanic at a time. So when you think about progressing, like, three more minutes of fight, that's a couple more days, you know, so... That's okay. Silent, silent talk in chat says 15 minutes for, for Ultima and Bahamut was 19. Uh, that, Those just, are that just sounds awful. Super. As in, and now to compare it to your average uh, like endgame raid, and raid is usually about 12-ish. Um, so it's already much longer and it's insane to watch. Um, we do have an image. Do you want to pull that up of the team with the... No. Put it in there. I don't know how to fucking... All you right, fine. fine, fine, fine. Well, I talk I, about I, it. I got the it. People <laughs> I know were complaining that they didn't think the uh, weapons looked that cool. However, when you put them all as a set like this, it actually looks. They look kind of cool. Um, I think they look cool anyway. Um, their their uh, party setup seems to be paladin, dark knight, monk, ninja, bard, summoner, white mage, scholar, and people are really excited that for once again the ultimate clear has a dark knight in it because apparently that's like anti-meta or something. So people yeah, are really dark knights are garbage. To see a dark knight clear, terrible. What? Why? Because you can't even make out half the details. They're all blinding it's white. Chloe. That's horrible. But are, aren't I, they the same models as one of the older weapons that we've had? Just I, oh, I think it's like the, it? the which it's the um, the race like specific weapons. Because that dark knight weapon is definitely the one that's in the in the lore story. That uh, paladin shield looks familiar. Yeah, I think those are the class specific. Are these just weapons or something? They're the are class they just specific relics? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're cool. just relics. Yeah, from Pirate no, they're, they're class-specific ones. Oh, the, that is oh, so the hard. Class, they're all class-specific. Yeah, yeah, no, well, duh. I know. I mean, like... Oh, my God. The, yeah, the 2.0 relics. Okay. That's so yeah, this lame. This is not cool. This is fucking lame. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Minimum effort, Square Enix. What the fuck? Like, I thought at least they were kind of different weapons. I couldn't even make out the details on them. But now, yeah, they're, they're definitely just the, 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 the job-specific weapons. But they're glowy. Yeah, but they're, they're horribly glowy. I mean, yeah, the glow is great. Like, don't get me wrong. They but... look cool as a set. Like, if your entire party is just using these glowy weapons and you're, like, charging at something, that would be cool. But you could also just buy a bunch of glowy weapons. But not what look like that. Oh, my it's God. It's cool. But why do you need glowy weapons? Because this game knows that the bigger the glow, the bigger the cool. That's oh, what 14 is all about. You know what Square Enix needs to get back? It needs to bring back glowing armor. I really yeah. miss that. There's a couple of things you can buy on the board that have like glowies around them. Yeah, that's straight from 2.0 shit. Yeah. I they haven't done anything since then. And highlight you don't, you your don't character think on that, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that uh, when you, once we can upgrade the Eureka gear that that's going to glow? Probably not. It's better. Yeah, I assume that it would. Like right now we got the... Um, the 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 level seventy gear diable. Then the next set of Eureka will be a new um like a new 
style altogether. And then the final Eureka will be, or there's two more Eureka after this in there. But the final, whatever Eureka will make it really glowy. <clears throat> the final patch, you mean? It'll be no, like slightly glowy, a little bit more glowy, and extra glowy. Yeah. And everyone's going to be blind. And also extra dyeable, so you can dye like two things on the armor. This game sounds like it's going to be so horrible. You're going to just walk around and you're going to have to turn down your screen. Because <laughs> everyone's going to be blinding you with their fucking gear. I mean, that's good. I like that. I mean, it should be <laughs> You like that, but you don't like that you can't see details on the weapons because it's blinding. You like, so you like well, that, that blinding my- armor. Okay, so the pinnacle of weapon design was the very first uh, set of Palace of the Dead, where you literally just had a lightsaber. It was just a light stick. You couldn't even see it. It was so great. (laughs) That got me so hype. What about the red weapons? Did you like those ones? Nah, they were okay. They're not as good as the light ones, though. So then what's wrong with these ones? No, well, I mean, the fact that you can see, like, like, physical material on them. Like it should yeah, just you, be glow. Be the same. No, that would just be the it's same just, weapon as Palace of the Dead. Well, no, because you can have extra glow effects coming off of the glow weapon. <laughs> extra glowy glow effects. They need to have glow on anyway. the glow. Glow coming so out of the glow. So you can glow while you glow <laughs> and have glow your weapons glow. glow. <laughs> All right. Also, so we're done with the weapons now, but uh, I did bring up uh, the uh, Patreon-exclusive Juxta postcard. You can see it on the screen right now. It's uh, very wonderful. Okay, and, I thought you uh, brought it up. Holy shit, you finally did it. I'm proud of you, Juxta. I know. I know. I figured out how to do it. So there you go. And uh, you can get it, so be, be jealous. Uh, hashtag, <laughs> uh, hashtag digital exclusivity. Okay. Do we want to talk a little bit about Let's how crazy Photoshop. this fight is? Um, do you know how crazy the fight is, Nico? I, I do know how crazy the fight is. I don't, I, but I, I don't have a comparison have to... to Bahamut because I didn't pay that much of attention to Bahamut. Bahamut. I don't know if I want to talk about how crazy this fight is. This this fight is crazy, 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 crazy. I hear like, you have to be woke. You have to be super <laughs> woke to do this fight. Like, <laughs> not only do you have to be woke, but Garuda, Ifrit, and Titan have to be woke as well. It is intense. So. The basics of the progression went like this. Uh, so people started playing on Tuesday when the patch dropped, and they're like, wow, this is easy. We killed Garuda. We killed Ifrid. We killed Titan. Um, fuck, a lot of things are happening, and we just died and don't know why. So then people realized, oh, you have to actually like do specific mechanics within Garuda, Ifrit, and Titan in order to progress past the, the next phase to actually see Ultima himself. So people were able to kill all of the primals very quickly but we're unable to see Ultima himself. Because in each primal phase, you have there are specific mechanics you have to do in a specific way in order to woke the, the primals. So that's actually hilarious because if I understand correctly, like you get to after you beat all three of the primals and then you see like Laha Brea, correct? And then he just wipes you if you don't have uh well, I don't even know if you'll get to La Habrea because there are a bunch of other mechanics before that that would wipe you. So there is, um, so you have to awake each primal. Um, and then once you get, so basically after you awaken a primal, which is you get four stacks of this, like, I don't remember what the buff is called. Thermal. No, I, oh, that's a different like thing. Ethereal. Ethereal. But, ethereal. Ethereal butthole munchie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get a charge of that. Once they get four, mm-hmm. they become awoken. Once you kill them with the awoken status, they drop, uh, what's it called? They drop beyond limits and you, you have to give it to very specific people to they pick it up. They drop poop. They t- 
And what happens when you pick that up is that once, if a person with the Beyond Limits buff uses a Limit Break 3, you get another Limit Break 3 after they that person uses a Limit Break. So once you get past all of the primals and you get to the ultimate phase, you have to use very specific Limit Breaks, and then the next person uses a Limit Break, and then the next person uses a Limit Break, and then they literally have to do four LB3s in a row. I guess it's, it's kind of neat. It is kind of neat. So once you break them all, um, the reason to like you can get to this point without them, but then you're like, oh shit! There's a bunch of those little safety bit things that Ultima summons, and they're all doing self destruct. You need to use healer, or you need to use use um, not healer, the caster LB three. You have to have a caster because it's they're in a circle. So you use the caster LB three, blow them all up, and then there's like a doom or something that goes on you, and you have to use the healer LB to erase all of that or something. And then you have to use the melee LB three because that's when you get uh, La Habrea shows up and he's like resistant to everything except melee LB three. So you melee LB three him, and then oh, very convenient. And then oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah <right>. right. <laughs> and then. Um, Ultima, you know how when Ultima shows up, or like in other other raid fights, you have to use like tank LB3s to protect you from big explosions when the big bad guy shows up? Yeah, that happens. So Ultima shows up with a big explosion, and if you don't tank LB3, you don't survive that. So like literally all of those in a row. It's it's, it's cool, and it's a mechanic that has not been used before. It's kind um, of so, it, it's kind of gimmicky, but I it's also it's, I feel it, like but it it's gimmicky in a challenging way because you have to awaken each primal by like not just doing the mechanic correctly, but doing it in a specific way, almost in a way that feels like you're feeling the mechanic. Um, Is it like an order? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so like I can I'll talk quickly on each one just in case people are curious. So like in Garuda, you know how there's like spiny plume and spiny plume drops a bubble, right? So spiny plume in this one, in this one you don't just stand in the bubble and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm safe from Garuda in this in this bubble. What the bubble does is it pops different stacks that your characters have on them. And the thing is, is that no, you can't just run in to pop your stacks every time you get one. The only way to give Garuda awoken stacks is to have certain players run in with they have to have two stacks of some debuff on them and then you have to pop it with two stacks in order to give Garuda an awoken stack and you have to do that four times in order to awaken her so people are like oh I'm just gonna stand in this thing and pop all my things that doesn't work has to be two stacks um, for Ifrit's uh, the, the nails come out you can't just DPS down the nails you have to actually bait the uh, what are the little the, the, um, the ones on the floor what are those fucking called in Ifrit fire uh, or inferno uh, eruptions. 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 There you go. The eruptions on the ground, you have to actually bait them underneath the nails. So if you just beat the nails down, like you think, oh shit, the nails are up. We got to beat them down so fast. No. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you can do that to just progress, but you won't get very far. You have to drop the eruptions under the nail, and each nail has to have two eruptions dropped under it before you kill it. And then once you huh. kill that, and then you have to kill them in a certain order because that determines the order that Ifrit like zooms around the room after that. It's really crazy. Oh, okay. I get <laughs> it. A lot. Yeah. But you have to, ki- you can't kill the nails until they have two stacks of eruptions under them in order to awaken Ifrit. And then with Titan, you have to get in to stand inside of the puddles that the jails drop when they break. But the thing is, is that Titan doesn't move around because um, he's using like tumult and like stomping. So this is actually the coolest one. You have to drop. So, Bo- there's a there's a bomb out on the arena when when the jails come out and so what you do is there's three jails and you have to line them up in a, in a row from the bomb to titan and so what happens is the bomb explodes one jail which drops a puddle which explodes the next jail which drops a puddle which explodes the next jail which drops a puddle that awakens titan that's actually really funny it is really cool and it's like when you watch somebody do it it's really intense because it's so fast but you see people like they have to by the way you're like dodging a million landslides and shit while this is happening of right? course so it's like your dodge your dodge you see them all line up in a straight line and it goes boom 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 it's like a chain reaction and all of a sudden then titan like he has to stand in the puddle for the entire time because he has to you have to get four awaken stacks so he has to stay in the puddle the whole time to awaken him 
<laughs> and then you have to do all the limit breaks and then you fight then you get to the actual encounter and then, you can, then you can fight so, the then fight you can actually fight the fight Gosh. yeah and only one group has so far been reportedly cleared it what's uh, is there anything special about ultima considering all this other shit I mean, he's woke too. So the the transition after you use all the limit breaks is you actually watch him devour each of the primals. Like he eats them, and as he eats them, he gets like wings, and then he gets like different things, and then he has the woke buff. So all of his shit is stronger, and like he does. I mean, he does a lot of mechanics. I can't really describe all of them. I was watching Mister Happy do them today, and it was insane, <laughs> insane. Like he like he said he's about two minutes and fifteen seconds away from the enraged, and it's just. I don't know. It's really hard. Because, like, even still, while Ultima is doing his own moves, Garuda, Titan, and Ifrit are reappearing, doing different things around the arena, or they'll just be, like, random shit on the ground from them. There's still jails going out. There's still, like, uh, Tirada and Saparna show up and do shit. Like, it's it's really, like... So, basically... I want to, like, bravo to the fight designers for this, because this is intense yeah i'm glad it's just more than just uh just ultimate ultima because when people oh yeah when, it's, when, it's so much more yeah when square enix first uh unveiled that it was gonna be ultimate ultima like everyone was kind of eh. but if it's also like ultimate three primals as well then i guess that's uh that makes it a little bit more interesting yeah and you know i think in the original ultima fight like Garuda, Titan, and Ifrit show up like once or something. Like there is their consistent presences, even still, even after you've defeated them, even after he eats them, they still show up and do things. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know it's it's intense. They could have done more. Hmm? They could have done more. What do you mean they could have done more? <laughs> is it still a circle arena? It is. <laughs> but I will they say the transitions the transitions are really cool. Okay, it starts out as Garuda. The, the transitions like, are really cool. It goes from a circle arena to a circle arena. No, it that becomes a smaller circle but arena. No, it's cool though. And, because and then a circle arena. The, the graphic design was really cool for it too. Because it starts out as Garuda. And you know what Garuda's circle arena looks like. But then when you kill Garuda, Ifrit comes out. And Ifrit's in Garuda's arena for the first two mechanics. And then Ifrit does this big eruption thing. And then turns into Ifrit's arena. And then when you kill Ifrit, Titans comes out for the first mechanic. Then he does this big, like, grand explosion thing, and then it turns into Titans. It's cool. I like it. It doesn't make a lot of sense, though. Like, why? how would Ifrit, you know, because it's like Pokemon. Like, why would Ifrit be in, a, like, an air area? That makes no sense. He'd just be put out. Okay, this is ultimate, like, woken, woke Ifrit. He's woke, okay? He gets it. He knows how to be there. <laughs> okay, no, he but... He be cool wind. But, smoked a joint. He's good to go. <laughs> That's not true because you have to make oh, him. Oh, you walk, haven't woken so him yet. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling shenanigans on that reason. I don't know why then. <laughs> because it's not like Pokemon, because elemental uh, weaknesses in this game don't exist. So that's why. I mean, I guess that's <sighs> fair. That, that's, the, that's the canon reason right there. My immersion. Mm hmm. All right. Yeah. So. But congratulations to Entropy, who I hear is also some members from Angered, who was one of the last world cl- first clears. But anyway, they're called Entropy, and they're on EU servers. And congrats. Is it, is it worth it for like this to be like just a rehash of a fight? Because like, I feel like it would have been probably more interesting if it was a whole brand new fight. No, see, I agree, and I wonder how far they're going to go with this, because people were kind of excited that they went back to Ultimate Coil Bahamut for the previous Ultimate, just because everyone has a lot of nostalgia for Coil. Right. Um, And now they picked Ultimate for this one, which is, I mean, it's cool. It is gimmicky, but it's cool, and I think the three, you know, getting them to revisit the three three original primals that we all, except for Mog, 
um, that we all really love. But I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure where they'll go from here. Like, I don't see them doing like Alexander Ultimate. I mean, like, well, if you or notice, Ozma Ultimate. If you no, notice, like, the, there's Ozma. a there's like <laughs> a, a theme between both the Ultimate fights and that they have they take a lot of the. Um, like for Ultima, they have the three primals, right? So they're taking bosses from other bosses and putting them all into one fight. Right. And just like in Ultimate Bahamut, they took all three of the coil bosses and threw them into one fight, Nail and uh, Twintania. But with, right. uh, with, with Alexander, you have Alexander, um, but you a, could oppressor? also use the other bosses. Oppressor? Yeah. Like he you would was, use- and Brute Justice? Those aren't like really that iconic compared to <sighs> That's the true. other things. I feel like the only... But I mean, but Ultima wasn't... Ultima also wasn't a raid boss. It was a primal fight. And so... I mean, then again, it was also at the end of the story dungeon. And then it became its own separate primal fight. Ultima was weird. Um, so I don't know. Because they clearly don't have a pattern of having it repeat from raid bosses. Even though that's what Coil was, Ultima is different. So they could really do anything they wanted. Um, I think it would be cool to have it be a whole new fight, but I feel like the fact that it's not a whole new fight makes people who can't do it less likely to complain. Mm, that's are, a good point. Because I feel like if they're like, oh, it's a whole new fight, I'll never get to see it. Whereas it's like, oh, it's just a harder version of Ultima, which I've already done. So I don't know. But I feel like, like the the only like other, like what like what thing can they combine to have like an ultimate fight? I feel like the only thing that's left is like uh, maybe like a Garlean fight with like all the different Garleans, but that just seems like a big step down compared to it Ultima. Does. I mean, what if Bahama? they did something with like the the Warring Triad and made an ultimate of those three somehow? Or like... I mean, I, I guess you could do that, but that's also kind of stepping on Ultimate Kefka's to, uh, toes as well, because you're essential i mean you don't fight the statues again but it's kind of going up the whole thing like i don't i don't know no because the warring triad was just based on ff6 it wasn't directly pulled from it so i think because the warring triad in 14 has lore based in 14 so i think that it's not stepping on kefka's toes at all um i think that they'll either do something like that or they'll find that or they will just do like an ultimate alexander where you do fight like the original like end tier bosses so brute justice and god i don't even remember it's been too long what the uh, hell happened to the ozma fight like they teased yeah, they did tease <laughs> another ozma fight and then it didn't happen but then if they were going to do an ultimate ozma would they put other bosses in there too like they did with these ones or would they do something else maybe like the during one. the ozma fight when you get sucked in that's when you would fight the other oh, thordin i guess they could do an ultimate thordin with each of the knights of the round being different um, actually have a battle that's not like rehashed from the old ones like see, I'm tired of seeing like just recycled shit from the same games like fucking come up with a new idea what game are you playing Lloyd that's all we have here okay you need to settle down but that's my huge contention with this is like these are good ideas but like when are they going to actually come up with their own ideas I think that's that, that's the problem is that I don't think a Square Enix is ever going to have like a new thing for the ultimate fight because this is like kind of like quote bonus content that we're getting. Yeah, it is bonus content. But to be fair, again, I am still going to commend the battle writers because while they are rehashing some of the mechanics and they're using the same like graphical images for the mechanics, the way you treat the mechanics are 
very different and like oh, they've never like having the whole idea of having of being able to pass by certain phases of the fight but then realizing you miss shit having to go back and then do mechanics in a certain way specifically in order to pass a phase that's a whole new idea they've never done something like that yeah, and i think well, i commend them uh, it kind of wants me to come back and play that a little bit but you're never going to get to this stage no <laughs> i'm so far back i can't even come back yeah <laughs> Unless you guys buy me, like, a jump potion, since you like those so much. I mean, <laughs> buy it yourself. <laughs> but I'm poor. That's why I'm working so for you. work harder to become a permanent host and get some money to buy your own jump potion. See? There you go. All right. And in order to do that, you have to play Final Fantasy XIV oh, and fuck. level up. So. <laughs> so I have to pay to make money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's but, what we did. We, I mean, we paid, we paid to play these games long before we made any money off the shit. So. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> no, run with it. Don't, don't apologize. Don't back down. Yeah, what the fuck? Minus one <laughs> point. <laughs> Minus one point for being a little whiny piece. Someone of in the shit chat keeps track of these points for us here. Yeah, this. I'm like at positive one hundred. Girls at like negative one. No, 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 no. Because what? you know, what? Minus you, one girls at like zero. I Hold thought on. this game was. Like, I win. You didn't even Lloyd, link, you didn't even link the entropy shit. You didn't even link the patch notes. I did that. Lloyd, well, where the fuck are you? Wait, you know no. Why? Lloyd decided to do a future discussion with pictures instead of text, so that hurt my eyes. I, totally, I think so. I think I'm winning the game. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know no, about that. I, I think I, 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 I have I apologized to you, Nika, even once. Um, no? I don't know. Probably not. No? You white knight for her all the time in the chat. Scott, Bullshit. <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> oh, God. It's like watching two retards <laughs> slap each other. This is really... De- speaking de- of Mr. Happy, he wanted me to let Anira know specifically <laughs> that... You just said speaking of Mr. Happy after I said <laughs> watching two retards. That's your words no, against we your were talking husband, about Mika. No, we were talking That's about That's your Happy words. Earlier. I'm just uh, trying to progress conversation because we're not getting anywhere with this. Um, that somebody gifted me a sub to Mr. Happy and he wanted Anira to know specifically that I am now a happy sub. <laughs> Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you weren't subscribed to your husband, I'd be worried. I know. He apparently never heard that rumor either. There was a couple people in the chat when they saw me talking. They're like, oh, you're here to visit your husband's stream? And, like, he didn't even know anything about that. So, and I was like, yeah, there's all these, like, stupid LBR rumors that we're married. He's like, what? You haven't heard that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's heard it, but he's like, oh, I never heard that because I'm too No, he seemed, he seemed genuinely surprised. Yeah, right. But, man, that's some crazy talk. Let me go post some things about me. Being oh god no no who no no mad joga mad joga don't there's a whole thing now with uh japanese people calling him oji-san which which you can use as like an affectionate term for a friend or someone you look up to or it just means uh, uncle uncle <laughs> and so people are calling him uncle happy <laughs> what <laughs> The Japanese, I don't know, Japanese streaming people were calling him Oji, Happy Oji-san, which is like an affectionate, like the word for uncle. Like you'd call a family friend uncle, even though they're not really your uncle, kind of like that. But so then people started calling him Uncle Happy. That's, I'm not Aunt Nika. Get out of here with that bullshit. That is Get pretty dumb. So Out of here. 
All right, so you're listening to Limit Break Radio on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, we have an open caller today. Uh, it's on Discord. Uh, go ahead and uh, visit our Discord, www.limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. Lloyd in the hashtag LBR calls will be happy to field your call if you want mm-hmm. in on this discussion. And our Will discussion, he be happy to? He will mm-hmm. be Uncle Better. Happy to do that for everybody. But uh, we're going <laughs> to move into our discussion uh, and apparently there was a Final Fantasy 14 interview with uh, Natsuko Ishikawa and uh, Bonnie Oda and they are discussing the fine art of MMO storytelling Lloyd what can you tell us about this interview well I picked out three uh, interview questions and answers that seemed relevant to me anyway the rest of it was kind of fluff and stupid. <laughs> fluff like how? And you seem so enthusiastic to be wow. here. Oh. And, uh, um, fluff how? Fluff like just figuring out like what they do. Like you can already tell that they're lead producers for the storyline. And I can't remember what the other one is. But um, just things that don't really pertain to the game, but to them personally. I don't really care to know them personally. Okay, in these that's interviews. Fair. That's I kind of want to know more about the game. Okay. But um, the first question I picked out was, what did the creative process lock look like for Stormblood? How long... Ah, oh, fuck, I hate reading. No, it's okay. This one, this question was written wrong. You're, Wait, you're not, you're not wrong. We're just, we're just okay with the fact that someone who's even play the fucking game is just like weeding out all the things that don't matter to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Objectively. Well, like Nika's just like, no, no, it's fine. You know, whatever. Well, we can start from the top if you want. No, no, okay. no. See, Skuro, Skuro, this is how we uh, how we do our show is where we have someone proofread what we're going to talk about, and then if they say that it's not worth talking about and they explain why, then that's fine and valid because we don't want to waste everyone's time with stupid bullshit, Skuro. But also, Skuro, you're one to complain because you don't play either. That's why I think we should read all of it. Because okay. you know what? I think I, it's integrity to the viewer oh my that God. they get the full information. We'll and go back to Final Fantasy XI, then. We'll read the wiki. This is an interview. This is not... Okay, there's actually a lot of there's a lot of stuff here. We can talk about this. Okay. All right, let's get the good questions out of the way first, and then we'll just determine if the fluff questions were really No, or we can just skirt. read the thing. Oh, my God. All right, fine. I already fine. have it open. Do whatever the fuck, Nika. You read it because apparently <laughs> Lloyd is a fucking moron and can't read basic English. I can read it since, you know, okay, Lloyd doesn't care about who they are personally, which is fair, but there are some people who might care, and we have to do our due diligence as community voices to make sure that everybody knows. Oh my God. Okay, A, fuck you, and B, no, we don't, and C, (laughs) let's let's go ahead and read what um, the fuck they are. So, I mean, the first question is literally that. As some of our readers might not be familiar with whom you are, would you be so kind and give us a brief introduction of yourself and what you've worked on? This is kind of important. If they're going to talk about the story, I want to know what their credibility is, okay? All right. So, Otis says, Before I joined Square Enix, I worked in the publishing industry for just under eight years as a writer and editor. I came to the company just after uh, Yoshida had taken charge of FF14 and joined his team. So, he's been here since, like, Right after he took okay, a one point out. No, nope, not skipping. 
Um, he's participating in <laughs> world building and writing for the lore for the final act of FF14. Okay, so this guy has been writing since the end of 1.0, which we all agreed was good. So this guy is important. Um, Wait, the end of one? Didn't we all agree that was ass? No, the end of it, like once Yoshi took over and they destroyed the world and we started the game over, like that part of it. Yeah, that part was great. But... Yeah, that was that's the part where he's took over at. That's where this writer okay. came in. So then from the Heaven's Word expansion onwards, I was also responsible for writing the main story. Ishikawa says, I have always been a game planner who also writes scenarios. I used to make RPGs for a different company, and of course won't tell us who. Um, and I transferred over to the 14 team during the development for ARR. I would say the largest scale scenarios that I have written would be the Binding Coil of Bahamut. Okay, this guy writes Binding Coil of Bahamut, Crystal Tower, which also was pretty decent, and the job quests for Nin- uh, Rogue and Black. Black Whoa, Knight? hold on, hold on, Dark hold Knight? on. No, no. Black Crystal, Crystal wow. Tower was shit. Okay, I'm saying the Crystal... No, look at Crystal Tower story versus um, all the other 24-man stories. Okay, Crystal Tower is still shit. But it was better than... It was better than Boob Pirate and, like... Okay, so great. It was a rock hard shit instead of a leaky swamp shit, I like the the Crystal Tower story. It it had a lot to do with Allegan lore. I really enjoyed it, actually. They just followed the stupid Makote, bro. Like... (laughs) I would say that the story is more integrated into the actual lore of 14, but, like, it was not a good story. And like, okay, I'm- but it was more interesting in terms of lore, and that's cool. So, okay. He says, also, the first main... And I think Black Knight is a mistranslation from Dark Knight, obviously. Why is the first Black? main quest I wrote was the Central Curthus Highlands episode from 2.0. I don't know what that particular main quest was. Um, most so it's recent- really good, is what you're talking. Is it what you're most- I, don't, I don't understand what that means. The Central Curthus Highland episode. Okay. Um, more recently, I've been working on the post 3.2 story with Mr. Oda. All right, cool. Um, cool. At TCG, the, or TGG, it's not TCG. That's what I thought. I'm like, card game? What? No? Oh. Okay. The, it's the GG.net, so TGG. Um, has said, what has it been like working for Square Enix and writing for the FF14 series? And what have you enjoyed the most with the FF14 series so far? Both in terms of working on the games and the, the, the actual games itself. Oda says, in my case, I did not join Square Enix with the desire to be a scenario writer from the start, but wound up doing my current job from uh, coming together of random circumstances. That's great. It feels very strange indeed to be writing scenarios for a series that I have been playing as a gamer since childhood. When we are in development, we are constantly chasing deadlines. So for me, the most fun thing is probably reading player reactions online and talking to the fans directly at offline events after release. Going to the fan festivals was a very special experience. Oh, this guy was at the fan festivals? Did we meet this guy? Why did we even meet this guy? I don't know. Uh, bro, who are you? I, I, mean, know, a, I feel like I remember an Oda. Oda, Oda sounds, that does sound familiar. He was probably at like one of the panels or like the stage highlight thing. You know, they yeah. probably called him like Oda-san or something and probably threw everyone off. Yeah. Ishikawa's... Because yeah, people don't know about uh, <laughs> last things like Oda, like Chan or San or yeah, Senpai. It's completely different. <laughs> Stupid idiot. Okay. <laughs> um, Ishikawa says 14 is the largest scale title he's ever been involved with however the team communicates as meticulously and passionately with each other as a team on a small scale project would okay I don't believe that for a second but so he's saying that a large scale game still communicates like a small scale project would because they're good at communicating apparently which we don't think is true uh, uh, no, as we have no. proven with the uh, Stormblood story yeah. um, of course everyone wants to do their best work but a majority of the staff look at things from a perspective mm-hmm. of what would be best for the game overall? And I very much take that to heart when writing the scenarios. Developing this game is very stimulating and great fun. <laughs> he gets hard writing for this game. I think so. I think Ishikawa is a little more excited than he should be. 
Okay. All right. So I'm glad we uh, learned lots of shit from this. Uh, All right. This so this, the next one is one of the questions. Do you agree that, with me, Jackson? No. Okay. Lloyd picked out this next question. So do you want to read this one since you find it very important? No, no, no. You can go. You're doing good. Lloyd has already <laughs> has already right. demonstrated his inability to read. I'll do basic it, but you lose a point. Ability to read. I'll do it, but minus one point. All right. Now, you didn't read it incorrectly. It's written wrongly. Like, watch me read it, too. It says, what did the creative process look like for Stormblood? How long time did the story take to create? See, that's incorrect grammar. Love you long um, time. <laughs> how, probably, like, how much time did the story take to create? And did you at any time have to use the kill my darlings method? What is that? And what is I that, Nico? Teach it me. drove me nuts. I guess just killing people off. Like your favorite people. Oh, like killing off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to, you kill off characters or kill off what? ideas that you really liked. I don't see. We should, we should Google this. Well, you know what? Does someone of, in the chat know what "kill my darlings" method means? Someone who's a writer. They haven't even killed anyone that matters, though. They haven't. I mean, what? they killed. They didn't even Brita. kill fucking Estinian. I think to kill my darlings, I would agree that was a thing if Estinian died, but he didn't. So. Anyway, this game is an online title, and okay, we are adding... Okay, hold on, pause, pause. Uh, it says, pausing. in other words, you have to get rid of your most precious and especially self-indulgent passages for the greater good of your literary work. Okay. Passages? So, like, either, so, like, if he, like, so really either a storyline a- or a character or something that's really important and precious that you really love, but killing it off would is- make the game better and the story better overall. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's so it could be a character or it could be like the way a story is going, but then you realize you c- it will be better if you go a different way. So like anything that you really love... Do that makes sense. Okay, that's, it does good, make that's sense. a good question. All right, that is a good question. See, Lloyd did pick out a good one. I'll give you credit there, but still minus one for not reading it. All right, <laughs> he says, the game is an online title and we are adding major patches every 3.5 months. With full expansions every two years. Accordingly, we get to experience the development to release cycle many times over in a short period and can thus review the process and make it more efficient each time. One of the new things we tried when making Heaven's Word was for our producer and director, Mr. Yoshida, main scenario writer, Miss Ishikawa, oh, Ishikawa's a girl, hey, and myself to get together for an intensive three day discussion to create the plot and storyline for this expansion. I bet they do. See, um, highlighted this because is it, that answer right at the last gonna, Yeah, is it just weird? An intense three-day discussion not seem like enough time to create an entire storyline? Yeah. For expansion. For a whole expansion? Yeah. For two a two-year? He just said, we experience full expansions two years, every two years, so we get to experience the release-to-end cycle many times over. So for this cycle, we got together. No, this is for Heaven's Word. Okay, this wasn't for Stormblood. They don't even know what they did for Stormblood. This is one of the most, one of the new things we tried for Heaven's Word was for all of us to get together for an intense three-day discussion to create the entire plot of this. They probably did it for Stormblood, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I they s- probably did. They said they started it new with Heaven's Word. I assume they like plan out. All right, so for patch three point one, this is going to be the giant plot thing, and then for patch three point two, this is going to be the giant plot right. thing. For but this patch, does prove like, like the, I, I will still forever complain about Vitergelt not being in that one main story scenario, and this proves it. If three of them get together in a room, and the one person said, "Oh, I only did the quests for Rogue and Dark Knight," they don't. Did they not talk to the people who did Monk to realize that he's important and should be there? Yeah, Probably of course, not. Of course not. He does prove, even though he said they communicate like a small scale team i almost don't believe that when they just said that they planned out the entire plot in a three-day hold up in a room like a a stupor of drugs hookers and beer (laughs) i mean people don't maybe thing of like of uh which we got a whole entire thing of content like no that's that's way too short 
I don't understand Ishikawa's response very well because like the question was, what's the creative process look like? She said, I work on patches alongside creating the new expansions as well as writing text for the official website and publications and also helping out at promotional events. I'm just so busy that I honestly forgot. Forgot she, what? What the creative for, process looked she, like for Stormblood? forgot the like, question. I forgot how forgot creative the, things work. Forgot, forgot how the creative things work because I also wrote other things. So the one, the biggest thing that I wrote, I just forgot about it while I did other little things. Makes sense. You know, sometimes you just get caught up in it, you know? You know, I guess. It makes a lot of sense hearing these <laughs> responses why Final <laughs> Fantasy 14 story maybe not be the best it's, as it was. Yeah. I'm glad it has proper English. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they couldn't get to the story because they had to update the website and let you know that the MOG station was updated and had to <laughs> purchase. Okay? It's a big deal. Well, they still haven't updated the last uh, update with the items and all that. So we still don't know what items came in the last patch. I mean, it's the, weapons, it's the weapons, but there may be but yeah, other But you're items. right. The website's not officially updated with them. Um, all right. Robin again asks at TGG, what is the one thing you are most proud of when it comes to your involvement in FF14? If you could go back in time, would you then like to change or make anything undone? If their answer is not killing the Sultana, then I don't have an answer. Oda says, however I look at it, what I am most proud of is how we have managed to continue running the game with the support of the oh, fans. Oh, fuck off. That's not yeah. even in a couple. What? We, how, I am proud off. of how we have managed to continue the game with support of the fans. Like, any game can continue with support of the fans, like, forever. It's, it, continuing the game is nothing. Making a good game is what matters more. I'm just glad people are still paying for this shit. So <laughs> that's still exactly the sentiment I got from it. <laughs> like, look at what Ishikawa says here. That's exactly it. I would not like to turn back the clock, even if I could, because we give everything to the project each time. I use my well, regrets get the fuck about out of here. I use my regrets. Your, you are lying your goddamn <laughs> teeth or maybe off of they your just, face. No, if you, or maybe if there's absolutely nothing you would change. Fuck no, but, you. Yeah, but the thing is, is that. How much trouble would she be in if she was like, yeah, we really didn't have enough time to write the story and we think it's actually kind of bad and I wish I could go back and change it. Like, Okay, well, guess what? You can come up with some kind of fluff, non-existent answer where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember there was this one NPC where I would have uh, really yeah. liked to be able to give more backstory because I really like that one NPC, but I just, we just couldn't fit it into the schedule. Like, give some kind of fucking answer. That's... That's Literally true. every single person in game development would want to do something different. 100%. And you wouldn't want to try to pad out uh, the Warriors of Darkness. Are you kidding me? Like the one storyline <laughs> everyone felt like you fucking wrapped up way too quick. No. Yeah, we cool. all yeah we all wanted more about the Warriors of Darkness. They were introduced. We got a couple badass scenes of them. They fell off the play- face of the earth and were like seen in the background of like one scene at the end of the next patch. And then when they showed up and everything ended in one patch, it was horrible. Or how about um, the fucking Garly or the Asians on the fucking moon? But see, she says Remember here what she wouldn't. To that? But see, her reasoning for that is because she uses her regrets about the last project to make the next one better. So she wouldn't want to change the regrets because it makes the next project better, which is clearly why Stormblood is so good. Okay, but actually, <laughs> yeah, okay, A, no, no, it's not. And that B, sarcasm. you can turn back the clock and use those regrets and then make the game better right from the start. Like, if That's fair. If you're turning... Oh, sorry. If you're have- turning back the clock, that means you're using your hindsight to make a perfect game, you stupid bitch. So I don't know if she said this or who said this, but under there's a, there's a picture here with a caption, and it says, one could argue forever about the role of a good story in a video game. This might be the person who wrote the article. The article But writer. on a personal level, 
if the story isn't well made, then the game falls flat for me. And it's very hard to take, uh, for me to take the said game series and the story and the game's characters aren't believable throughout. So are they saying that like, 14th story has a super oh believable God, characters. Bullshit right now, or? I don't I don't know. That's a weird thing for them to put there. Um, Robin then asks uh, or says, I am one of those players who feels like the story in a game is just as important as the gameplay or having an awesome soundtrack. Well, at least when it comes to deeper games, such as games such as Doom don't exactly need a deep story to push the game forward. Hey, fuck you. That's got a great story. No, but they're saying like, okay, the original Doom though. Yeah. Okay. Like right. games like that, the gameplay pushes it forward, not the story. That's fair. He says, anyways, my question for you would be if you think that storytelling has evolved and matured in the world of games since the 80s and 90s. Well, okay. The short answer would be yes, but instead they give the longest answer for this Seriously? compared to the other questions. Like <laughs> Oda says, it cannot be denied that the efforts of those developers who went before us with their drive to make more exciting experiences has led to the development and maturation of storytelling in games. However, I personally get the impression that creators have always optimized their efforts to the technology and capacity to depict worlds available at the time in order to create the best fit. There is obviously a gulf of difference between the volume of story content you could fit into limited memory cartridges of the NES era and what you can achieve today. In short, developments in the technology have allowed us to depict even deeper stories. Okay, hey, bullshit, because, this? like, look, okay... Compare- no, yeah, because, like, look at FF6, which is yeah, on FF6, Nintendo. FF5, FF4, like... You have a very deep and compelling story. Chrono Trigger, thank you very much. absolutely. Like, you can have a great fucking story and have it be on a 16-bit system. So, fuck you, Oda. Says, in addition, back in the days of simplistic pixel sprite visuals, you could get away with equally simple dialogue. But in a game with realistic 3D visuals, just having that capacity for more detailed portrayals requires more fitting dialogue. That's fair, though. Uh, no, no, it's not. Because we were talking about before about how fucking padded this story is and how I mean, many text true. boxes it says <laughs> it takes to that's say, hey, true. this Maybe, person's yeah, okay. kidnapped or whatever. Good point. If you go further into that, the depth of emotion created is completely different between text dialogue that you read and spoken dialogue you listen to. Why doesn't it, it should just all be simple? There are those points that I feel have become more optimized. Not in fourteen. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> not optimizing. You're fucking fluffing and padding and fucking okay. taking a giant like fucking. All right, Tarotero, I want to address something Tarotero said in the chat right now. She says, won't deny 14 has its issues, but you're going to tell me other MMOs storylines are better made. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there are some stories in MMOs that are great. We have always said that one of the greatest things that Final Fantasy games have had, even if their gameplay is lackluster, is their story. Now, this is not an all MMO podcast. This is a podcast about FF14, and we are comparing it to other games within Square Enix, to within the company of this game, to within other storylines within 14 that have been better. And we're trying, again, we are a critical podcast because we want 14 to be better, not because we don't like it or want it to fail. So the reason we're sitting here complaining, and I know you're trying to troll us, but again, we are not, we are not trying to sit here and say that 14 sucks and that other MMOs are better or that even other MMO stories are better. They're probably not. I think 14... Final Fantasy does a great job for trying to integrate story and gameplay and yada yada compared to other MMOs that just have a grind vest. Like, this isn't that, and we know that. So I, I can give 14 credit where it's due. However, as 14 
continues. We want to make sure that it grows instead of falls behind. And what's happening is with the launch of 2.0 and even with Heavensward, and now it's kind of falling backward. It's regressing. And that's what we don't want. But Nika, I don't feel like you can really compare this to any other MMORPG because it's a completely different universe. And if you compare it to other FF games, that's not fair because they're not an MMORPG as well. No, I mean, that's fair. Like, I, I actually... I feel I, like it's an isolated game that you just can't compare to anything else because you, it's so different from everything else. It's so different. But you can't but compare it... They're very similar to everything else. It is, but... <laughs> yeah. On some, on some levels, you can't compare it to single-player games. But you... Looking at like FF11, I can st- I can say that FF14, I can give it credit for having a continuous storyline. I do find that you know even though each expansion is segregated somewhere else, I feel like things have continued. FF11's expansions felt so far separated that you could skip expansions and just go to the next one, and like it wouldn't even matter because it's so far separated. So like I can sit here and give 14 like claps for it, but however, I felt in certain parts of 11's story, I was more drawn into who the characters were. I cared more about their struggles and their please than I care about Lise. And as much as I want to love Lise, again, we complained about how, what was the point of her being Ida if that doesn't come into fruition sometime in the story? Like, it what has to play out. How, how can she? How fish. can it? Yeah, so like, so, so while we, while 14 does a good job at ha- telling a story in an MMO, we want 14 to continue to grow as an MMO and as a storytelling MMO because like, really, that's what sells 14. It's like, yes, this is an MMO that's fun and also has a great story, unlike most MMOs. And so what we don't want to see now is 14's story regressing and becoming worse as they try to focus on other things. Like, for, like Final Fantasy and Square Enix has always had storytelling as their like, main gripping thing. So here we are being critical of the story so that they don't make that mistake and then lose their main gripping thing that draws people in, which is the story. So that's my explanation to the troll and shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyway, Ishikawa answers, when you are working in the medium of games, what you should try to deliver is an quote unquote experience, both the more simplistic depictions and stories of past games and the more complex ones of today can deliver the kind of experience that moves people. Just like Mr. Oda says, even though game creators have optimized the way they work to what is available at the time, the fundamental objective they aim for has not changed. See, she's a little bit smarter, I think. However, and this is something you can say about, you, wait, something you could say about any era, the environment that players actually play our games in is constantly changing. With new culture and new trends being created all the time, I think that we will continue to experiment with what kinds of stories provide the best experience for a good 10 years to come. Mm. But here, here it, um, the article writer says that they didn't realize Oda was a huge fan of Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and the Witcher series. So apparently he is a fan of those and maybe can draw inspirations from that for storytelling. That's so that's nice why the story is so bad. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know, I don't know how Witcher's, that relates. The Witcher is garbage, Elder Scrolls is garbage, Fallout is garbage. So it makes sense that Final Fantasy XIV story is all garbage. garbage. <laughs> Uh, Taro Taro in the chat is asking, do we consider 4.3 a step back? In terms oh. of in terms of 4.0 content, 4.3 is probably a step forward. But in terms of yeah, 2.0 fair. and well 2.x and 3 and 3.x, it's definitely a step backwards. Yeah, that's a good analysis. Like all of Stormblood we said has kind of have kind of fallen down, but then 4.3 is beginning to pick it up. So now again, we're continuing the criticism so that when 4.4 drops, it continues moving forward instead of stepping backward again. That's, yeah, I think this should be self-explanatory at this point. I hope that was a good enough explanation. Story was meh. Teaser was cool. 
that's kind of where I'm at with that. I, God, I completely forgot about what happened in 4.3. Yeah, we never had like a story spoiler episode. Like, if we finish this early, can we just talk about it? I mean, I Nero might get mad at us if you do. <laughs> but That's I mean, true. I, I want to. Does do he want to sp- be? I mean, but we're not going to be here next week. When are we going to talk about the story? It's been out for a while now. The week after. I mean, I wanted to talk about the spoiler shit the week of Nika, and you weren't here, and everyone said not to. But I was <laughs> okay. We could not do it without so, them. I mean, because it's. I I'm super I'm super passionate about the stories and I love being here for the story episodes but yeah, I don't see, know. I, I, actually I forget <laughs> you're like what, I can't even remember what happened I, I don't actually let me just say I really wish I could cosplay the new primal because it looks badass but I doubt I'll be able to do it oh, that's anyway right. <laughs> anyway um, man it is so fucking hot it's like the first time all year that it's been so hot in my, my apartment good oh. Dying. Anyway, I'm like sweating. So dying. Anyway, I'm so sweaty. I'm dying. Oh, I'm so only wearing a tank top, and it's no, I'm not. I'm in a t-shirt. I need to change. Down my it's body. So Hashtag <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> oh well, thanks for the. We see right through nice you, Nika. No, no. I just I feel really gross. Can anyway, bring us back about the game, okay? Oh, that's your chance at trying to host this. Okay, sure. Yeah, that was terrible. Let's bring, let's bring this back about At the least game. let's try to pimp Nika and like get some st- uh, streamer girl <laughs> tits on this stream. Streamer? What? Get some streamer what? girls. No, I tried. I tried. Uh, nobody cares about my boobies. I wear low-cut shirts and I don't get more viewers, so <laughs> why bother? Okay, well, you're Just leaning saying. forward. It, there's a whole persona you have to cultivate, okay? Dude, yeah, but if get, you do that, Twitch bans you. Twitch bans you no, for doing that. The rookies your back banned, a little bit. Okay? It works. <laughs> the rookies get banned. The professionals know how to work that shit. This girl's like, yeah. trust me, Nika. I venture a lot of tit streamers, and they are not banned <laughs> yet. I've cultivated many a titty streamer before. I'm not that. I'm not that promiscuous, and I don't. I don't want to be. Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> Limit Break Radio's wallet says you need to be. Um, Gotta make that money. I'm just gonna continue past that comment. All right, Robin says it might just be me, but isn't most of the stories and quests of FF14 rather happy and optimistic? Oh, this is a good question. I got nothing against that, but is that something you normally aim for by default? And would you be open for darker stories in the future? A mix of happy and dark stories sounds like a good idea in my book. I mean, it works really well on the Elder Scrolls series, for example. And this is where he says, first, I must point out that I love the Elder Scrolls series as well as Fallout and The Witcher and others. Outside of that, I really do like so many other things with dark stories, such as the novels A Song of Ice and Fire. Having said that, though, I cannot ignore looking at the issue of how far the fans of Final Fantasy series actually want darker stories. Considering the FF14 user base, I feel that we definitely need a level of reality that stands up to the expectations of adult players. But don't think that we necessarily have to make dark themes a selling point. However, I am not completely ruling out all dark developments in the story. So they do hear us. They do realize that we want some darker elements. That's something. I mean... And didn't, didn't they just talk about the killing off the darlings theory? And they're like, oh, yeah, I know. We should definitely do that. But then they're like, well, I guess we could do that. You know, but I don't feel like it really needs to be in the FF games. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Wait, Skrull, it gets better. A couple questions. <laughs> um, Ishikawa's answer was, we aim to make FF14 a game that people will play for a long time, but at the same time, we want to allow a more casual playstyle too. We have tweaked and fine-tuned the lore setting um, se- the lore setting, and the cheeriness of the story so that people who have come home from work tired oh, can God. still log in and have fun. Well, you don't think people fuck? that come home from work tired would appreciate a dark story? What the fuck? Because personally, I am the type of person who wants to get absorbed in great dark stories and entertainment on my days off. Not on her days working. What? That is a weird, what the fuck does that even mean? Compar- like, 
I have never heard that. I've never heard that like, oh, the, on the days that I'm tired from work, I just want happy-go-lucky stories. And then on days that I'm off, I want dark stories. I have never, ever heard anyone say anything like that. And Fort Benford was not dark. It was a little more serious. But I wouldn't say it was that dark. But um, Yeah, it's not not dark. It, it was just the logical conclusion of... Oh, Oh, the next question continues with this. Of the Doma quest, of the Doma storyline. Like, how else could that have ended? Because the GG, or 4.3. Yeah, that's what it, 4.3, not 4.4. The GG then asks, um, one of the hardest things that a writer might have to deal with is the killing of his or her own characters. Just ask Robert Kirkman, the director of Walking Dead. So my question to you would be the following. Have you ever become overly attached to any of the characters of FF14? If so, how do you handle the outcome of a potential death of a character that you like? Otis says, I might be quite a dry person in that regard, but I don't have any resistance to killing off characters if I feel that the story development needs it. However, Harshafant was a character who was widely loved by many players, so I was reticent to have him die. Oh and my had, god! And, had, and I had many Fuck discussions off. with Yoshida about it. Fuck over, you! Over the process of writing the plot for Heaven's Word. Jesus so the, Christ! They, the, only, then, the only what? reason he was beloved is because he died! Yeah, I don't think as many people cared about him until he until he had that great like moment of sacrifice. Not, like people liked him, but he wasn't that beloved until he had that. No, moment fuck of sacrifice. that. People don't even know who the fuck he was. Yeah, I, like oh yeah, he was that guy who gave us hot chocolate, right? Like if people even remember that. That that, that was what I knew if about that. him. Yeah, yes. there was a few people I think that liked him, especially if they played the Japanese version because he had much more like vocal inflections and he was very flamboyant. So I think some people who played the Japanese version thought he was more interesting of a character but otherwise i don't think anyone had much attachment to him um yeah but then especially because we all agreed here that killing the sultana would have been more meaningful and killing Estinian would have been meaningful oh and yeah however here they both are alive and kicking and Estinian shows up randomly and like random like oh, random places God. in the storyline Estinian is in the level 70 dragoon quest it's like he just Pops in? Oh, he is. That's so dumb. Uh, he, he is. It's actually yeah. really cool. You get to fight with him in a trial. And it's really no, that's but dumb. <laughs> I took like a ton of screenshots because it was cool. Um, but but again, he should be dead, and it shouldn't have happened. But anyway, um, Ishikawa <clears throat> says I see both having a character die and having them come back alive as always. Or no, wait, sorry. Have, having a character die and having them come back alive as ways that they can fulfill their role in the story. So I'm not particularly resistant to doing <laughs> oh it. Oh my god. However. Uh. Having the characters that I created killed off by other people of the staff makes me wonder if they want to start a vendetta. Oh my god, look, listen to this! <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure like, it's supposed to be like a lighthearted comment, she but... Says, there you, were many examples of that between 2.5 and 3.0, so recently I have been taking on responsibility for the main story. Okay, well, no. Yes. They, they killed off like all of her characters. That's actually really funny. <laughs> oh my god, that's... But that's oh not the gosh. way you should be viewing that. You should, yeah. You know, Grand, like Jax was saying, like, it's probably like, you know, a lighthearted comment, but like, no, you should be killing off people because, you know, people get this sort of investment attachment to them and it would be impactful in the story. Not just like randomly kill someone, but like. If I it mean, makes like, sense for them to die, they should die and stay dead. Exactly. Right. And like looking back on it, like you guys laugh at whoever, you know, who is Moonbrita. But to be fair, Moonbrita was a very OP character. She comes in and she's like, oh. I'm this magical science person who has all the solutions to stopping the Asians forever. So like if she was around, like the story would have ended. So yeah, they had, had to kill her. Rock. That's all she had. No, she had a bottle. <laughs> she was designed she had a to die. <laughs> she had a bottle. Okay. She suck, you she could suck bottle. in all the Asians into it. Remember? Okay. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. She had the solution to trapping all the Asians into the the realm, like the Zelda uh, sacred Zelda realm. Zelda. You could trap them all there forever. Uh, so she had to die. Cured cancer. It, uh-huh. it sounds she like this Ishikawa cancer. person. Her one of her characters was the Sultana, which is why they came back to life in Heaven's Ward. Oh my God! What because if Rita is Ishikawa's character. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I bet I bet Moon Brita, Yasail, and Harshafan were all her characters. Um, <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> no, think about uh, it. Like there, there are so many examples of that between two point five and three point oh. What happened in three point five to three point oh? The two point two point five and three point oh is where all the scions died, but then didn't die. And the Sultana. And, and, and die. so she has recently taken on responsibility for the main story, which means she purposely oh, she brought back, back the Sultana. Life? No, she brought yeah. back. Well, they they technically all died in two point five five, and she brought them all back. Yeah. And see, I have a problem with that. They're just like, oh yeah, having them come back. It's like, no, no, no you should just have them die, and that is it. Have another character step in and become like a different entity. Like that would be awesome. The you reason the story sucks right now is because of Ishikawa. Straight up. <laughs> Confirmed. Straight you know, up. she might be implying that that she didn't like how everybody died at 2.5 and she decided to rewrite them into the story. And yeah. That's horrible. That yeah. is fucking like, garbage. Good job, Ishikawa. Good job. Ugh, okay. Robin then asks, I'm not sure how much you're allowed to say, but where will you take the story of 14 next? And if you're not allowed to say anything, then perhaps you could give us a hint of the direction at least. <laughs> Um, Otis says, I'm not ready to lose my job yet, so I cannot talk about any future story developments here. If I were to give you a hint, though, because we have now been running the game for five years, I really want to explore new ideas or ways of telling stories so things don't get stale and boring. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, okay. I never thought about that three years ago. Um, Ishikawa says, I often get asked what a story that never ends is, but we do... and." In- in- Envisage? Is that Envision. Right? Envision. A proper conclusion to the current main story in 14 and are slowly but surely moving things towards that. You can rest assured that this conclusion will not mean the end of game service, though. <sighs> what does that even mean? What? It means we're going to wrap up the story, like the overall Asian Garlean story in the 5.0, 6.0, and then some bigger alternate thread is going to happen in 7.0, and then that's going to be like a new, quote, story. They're that's probably going to do another calamity. Okay. No, they're not mm. doing another calamity. No, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. They would, like, you know, hey, we'll just put out dungeons and raids, but they're not going to have any stories. No, no, no. That's that's what... Things. No, that's like where FF11 has gotten to after like a million years of service. 14 is not at that point yet. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I mean... No, no, no. How many expansions yeah. did 11 have? Um, well, Rise of the Zealart, Chains of the Mafia. Does that even count Rise of the Zealart? It does, because it would launch... It does, because the game was launched in Japan for an entire like year before it came out in America. It was like a beta at that point. Hmm. Rise of the no, Zealart, COP, Treasures, COP, Treasures, Wings of the Goddess, Adolin. Adolin. So five expansions. Five. So yeah. we're quickly approaching that, Nika. Next yeah, expansion is 5.0. Yeah, but I don't count 2.0 as an expansion. I think the game mm. started again at 2.0. I'm calling 2.0 <laughs> as uh, Rise of the Zealart. Yep, mm. I think it's fair. I see. I see your comparisons. However, when I think about when they say they want the players to sustain the game, I feel like a lot of people were not playing since 1.0. I feel like the player base has completely changed since 2.0, and I want to. It's a bet. It's a new game. I don't think so. Yeah. 
Next question. Robin asked, I would sure love to hear where your sources of inspiration are when you write, uh, when you wrote up the stories and whatnot and whatnot. Great professional interviewing. Um, mm-hmm. furthermore, is there any specific part of 14's lore quest or stories that you like more than anything else? If so, why? Otis says, personally, I get a lot of my inspiration from history, mythology, and folklore. I think I have also been influenced a lot by fantasy and sci-fi novels too. It is very difficult to narrow it down to just one section of the story as my favorite. Recently, I had a lot of fun writing some crazy stories for the Namazu Beast Tribe quest. I hope you look forward to seeing them. You know, I would like to see them, but there's absolutely no fucking way I'm going to do crafter dailies. All right. <laughs> I can tell. I can talk about them for like two seconds. Is that the actual quests are horrible, but the in-between, like even though the actual stories of them um, are like, oh, we're making a festival, it actually is a little bit cuter than I expected it to be. So it's like, like the Mughal bullshit then. I mean... The Mughal bullshit felt like it had less purpose. Like the Namazu tribe um, is like they have to create this festival because they believe that their evil god will smite them if they don't do certain things to like appease the god or whatever and to stop their destruction. And so every single time you like add something to the festival, it's like oh, because of the newfound relations between the Namazu and the Ora, if this stops a future incident where the Ora would become starving and kill all of them. Now they won't do that. So you have stopped their destruction what? once again. Yeah, like... How do you know it, that? Well, because the, the um, like, the narrator tells you. Um, oh, okay. But it, it's cool, because it actually, it's kind of scary and dark, actually, because it shows, like, an entire screen of all the Namazu, like, dead on the ground. And it's kind of dark, actually. And then it's like... Um, and every single time, every single main, like, rank-up quest is something like that. Like, oh, you added this to this now. And because of this this calamity for the Namazu doesn't happen. And so you've delayed their destruction once again. And so they're showing how it all ties together. And I, mm-hmm. when they said the last, cause the last rank up quest I did was that, that one I just said with the aura and it was, it actually told the little story in a blurb of how the aura were going to become starving after something happened and they were going to kill all the Namazu to eat because they had nothing else to eat. But now that won't happen because now they're friends. And so like you are actually like building up Namazu lore basically and like stopping them from destruction. And so I think they actually have more, lore and story behind the namazu at the on the like creator side and on the writing side of it however because the namazu are so ridiculously silly they're presenting it in the form of a festival can i get a uh, picture of all the namazu dead as a large screenshot so i can put on my background yes (laughs) um i I will see if i can find one online if not the next rank up quest if it shows that i'll screenshot it for you or i wonder if i can see it in my at the end book Wait, at every rank up, it just shows of always. Yeah, every rank Namazu. up when it tells you like what a calamity for the Namazu you have prevented, it shows a screen of like all of them dead. Nice. And it's like it is like you have prevented this from happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Okay, please, please, so I'll see if I can find it in the end. Otherwise, I'll I'll try to screenshot it. Uh, is Nam okay? Wylam says nope. I'd still eat them. And Majoga says, is the Namazu all dying off really that bad of a thing? Seriously. Well, the whole point of these quests is to stop them from death. So they're like, okay, we need to have this festival. We need to have a certain amount of people in this festival. We need to have certain events at this festival, and everything you do like changes the future of the Namazus. So yeah, but now I don't even want to do any of the quests because I just want them to die off. <laughs> I mean, technically, in your game, if you don't do the quests to help them, they will eventually in seven years all be dead. So do your part, people. <laughs> Don't do the quest. Namazus. Seven years from now, all the Namazus will die. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Ishikawa says that music is essential to me when I am stretching my imagination. It is a very important tool to help connect me with the emotions of others. I don't think too hard about the original purpose of a song or the lyrics, and I just lose myself in the overall feel of it, which is when I begin to see the scenes that I want to illustrate. What I like best from the story of 14 are many of the scenes where we say goodbye to characters. Again, how many of them are there? Some of them are joyful partings, while others are filled with sadness added death. I hope that these kinds of scenes will stay in the minds of players alongside their own meetings and farewells between each other. Then quit bringing them the fuck back. Yeah, like that's, yeah, because I understand there were a few joyful partings that were nice. Like, what? Even, like, what joyful part? Like, I mean, granted, we've like left people, they just come back anyway. Yeah, like, again, like, Estinian, even though he didn't die, we had a joyful parting with him as he went off on a pilgrimage and he keeps showing up. Um, yeah, I don't know, but. Uh, <sighs> I don't like know. And, then, and even still, jo- and then there are some. Part of someone and they just permanently be gone, other than, I guess, Harshafon, who is actually like. And then sad partings at a death. Okay. We had, like, we had Yuri Andre with Moonbreed's death, which was sad. We had Harshafon's death. Yasail's death? She didn't get a proper mourning. She fought. She turned into Shiva, saved our asses. And then we didn't actually get to say goodbye to her, and I'm really mad about that. Yeah, okay, well, that's because she was a fucking dragon heretic, Nika. She deserved um, to die in the sky and uh, get she deserved no to die at funeral first, whatsoever. And then you realize that she doesn't want things that are all that different from you, and she actually was a fallen warrior of light, too, so shut up. Yeah, she fell, Nika. <laughs> fell with yeah, the dragon. Yeah, because she thought she that she that soul- dragon dick. She thought that he, she <laughs> thought well because she thought that becoming Shiva would be the best way to save the world. So well, I'm, wrong, I'm glad she's dead. Yeah. The only she reason I want her alive best. again is so I can kill her again because she was a yeah. fucking heretic. Yeah. She was a main character for the entirety of Heaven's Word, and that's seriously your I opinion bet you of her. I didn't like Moogles. She lo- what? No. She loved Moogles. No, that's gross, girl. Deep down, hate him. Gosh. There is one question left in this interview. Alright, let's fucking wrap this fucking shithole up. What what are your plans, hopes, and expectations for the rest of the year? Is there anything else that you would like to say to our readers? Oda says, thank you for reading this far. I have been involved... so fucking welcome. This has been truly awful. I have been involved with the development of 14 for seven years since the original and five years since ARR. And I am really am so grateful to our fan community. I will continue to try my best to satisfy all the players, so please keep supporting. <laughs> please keep giving us money, otherwise they will beat me. <laughs> Ishikawa, Ishikawa at least claims it as it is and says, thanks to everyone out there, we managed to exceed 10 million registered players worldwide. <laughs> oh um, at least didn't say you know, active players after the release of Stormblood. The whole development team um, don't want to lose momentum there, though, and will continue to do our best to entertain our players. <clears throat> There will be three different fan festivals held at different locations across the world from the end of the year into next year. So I would love to share the excitement with you all there. Is she going to be there? Do we say to her face how stupid she is for bringing people back? Do we get to see her in yeah, person? Yeah, I feel um, we, we better. Well, like, that's her, Ishikawa. Ishikawa, why did you bring back the Sultana and why did you ruin Final Fantasy XIV's story? Um, do you think... So if they... Do, I wonder if they'll do like a question from the audience part of like a live letter at then and we can just say you know why did you ruin this way they're gonna ask for some weird fucking bunny suit no we got bunny suits and we got summoner glamour so what else the fuck can they ask oh like cat girl glamour 
I don't know for the other species. Turn it, turn a cat boy literally into a cat girl. Is that where we're going with this? Or <laughs> what, like, what else can they add? Is it a serious question? You can, like, what, what the fuck will they not add at this point? Like, that is a challenge to like all ERP people out there. <laughs> well, like, you know, someone's actually... wanting like a furry bear costume. What we have mascot costumes. Yeah, like what? What uh, like mascots do we have left to do? Like from like other. Oh, we have a ton. There are mask. Like we could do like look at FF102. They had the mascot job class. We could easily get like we have the Moogle. They had a Tom. What was it? Tomberry, and what was the other one? Chocobo. Chocobo. Was it? I don't know. We have, but we have a Chocobo mascot costume in this game. Uh, Cactuar. I'm not even talking about, like mascots. I'm talking about like characters from other Final Fantasies. Oh well, we have characters from we have seven. Eight, nine. Well, we ten. got Squall, so that's everyone from that game. <laughs> yeah, we have um, we God, have Cloud, what? so that covers that. Yeah, we have we have Cloud, we have Unantitus, we have Zidane, we have Lightning and Snow, we have Unantitus, we have um, we have everyone from Final Fantasy Four because of the glamours and Heavensward. What's his face? Um, oh my God, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Who Cecil? The ge- no, the, we uh, we have Fury and Glamour too, don't we? Um, the Gambler Setzer. We have Setzer outfit, and we have uh, Fury and outfit. What else do we have? See, but like, why are the chats pointing out? Like, you know, someone's gonna you're gonna ask this serious question, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, so when are we gonna have kids in the game?" <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding? <laughs> but honestly, speaking of that, though, like, there actually no. hasn't been no, like, we haven't even seen every race's children yet. We right? don't care, Nika. We don't no, but care. I, no, I mean, I would like like to explore the different origins of races and things like that. We've only seen a couple of the races' children. I think it's kind of weird that we don't see more. Like, not like our characters' children. It would be silly for our characters to have children. But I mean, like more NPCs in the story and more people in the towns should have kids. But there's not that many kids in this game. Because kids don't do anything. We don't need kids. They're useless. They just stay in the house. <laughs> yeah. They just try to kill know. themselves. I feel like we <laughs> I feel like we could have some compelling We have fucking there Chloe was... and Zoe and all these other stupid Yeah, yeah and their side story is like cute at best, but it's not great. Yeah, and it's I... not great because they're kids. Because that's, that's... How much sadder would it be if Harshafont had a kid he left behind? Oh my so God. much more fucking sad. Gay. Oh, what? and then, then when we get there, you can't be. You can't have kids if you're gay. Are you just like homophobic now? What's no, up with that? No, no, I didn't know he had a <laughs> kid. I, think I he thought doesn't. he was homosexual for his entire life. No, I you. Mean, you can have a kid like, if you're fuck. gay. It's I called adoption. Okay, but okay. that's not your kid. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god, is this it's really not, what this show is turning into right now? It's not biological, so it's not your child. It doesn't child. have to be biological. Whoever raises you is your parents. So shut up. I mean, kind is like your step-parent. No, it's like not if they, adop- if they adopt law. you, you're illegally, by all intents and purposes, that person's child. Yeah, but you can't say that they're your parent because you're not blood-related. Gotta be by blood. No, family is family. It doesn't have to be blood. 
I agree with you, Nika. I just didn't know he had a kid. Oh, so that's why I was like, that's kind of. He doesn't have a kid. He doesn't? Okay, then. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) How much more? Mike. You're so dumb. I got confused. Do I have to teach you? I'm going to treat you like my kindergartners. All right, let's take our ears and turn take our turn our keys and turn your ears on please because ears. the teacher is talking okay <laughs> thank you i'm so glad you're all listening with your eyes on me i said how much more sad would it have been if harshafat had a kid and then died and left the kid behind Okay, so Nika, this is what I'm talking about. If you like would talk in that voice all the time and wear like a nice busty tank top, we just label the thing <laughs> LBR AMSR, we will make millions, all right? What is, wait, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Wrong acronyms what that is. You know what I mean? I don't. I what what does it mean? <laughs> ASMR. Skuro, explain it. You know all ASMR, about it. ASMR, I don't know what that means. <sighs> it's audio. It's a fucking acronym, man. I don't know. Shit. I don't really, I it's basically where you get a really, really expensive microphone and you make like sounds in it and autonomous, you talk softly. Autonomous sensory meridian response. So it makes you feel good because you're hearing sounds that make you feel good. Oh, okay. I get good. it. Okay. Uh, Majoka says his dad had kids. Yes, it's sad that he left his siblings and father behind, but I'm talking like the whole point of the conversation was that we haven't seen children very often in this game, like actual small versions of the races. It's you can see my hand motions off. right now. I'm like all over the place. Like, like small ones. We have yeah. Lollafell. Doesn't that Harsh count as small people? No, because we have not seen a Lollafell child, have we? we how would we've you seen tell? Mikoti, they're all Lollafell. We've, no, we've seen Ellison child. We've seen Makote child. And we've seen huge children. Okay, that's everything. Yeah, it just dude like they they did tartar children and that was a mistake because it just looked like, uh, like a <laughs> tartar children. Were, tiny they were like baby dolls. It was so um, weird. So we haven't seen Lollafelter and Ara children, Rogan and children. There's Rogue. Or there's Ara children. Is there? There, there definitely is. I'm, sh- I'm positive there is. Yeah. In the where? Step. Someone in the, in the chat. Where have we seen Ara? Okay. There you Tara go. Says we've seen one. Where? Tell was, me where. I, I'm probably wrong. No, I might no. be wrong. In the MSQ, when we're like trying to find uh, Lee, she's playing with the Ara children. Yeah, you pick up fucking poop with the all yeah, children, Nika. Oh, okay, okay. You've oh, complained yeah, about no, this before. No, you're right. There are some. There are some in Asim's step. You're you right. You dumb you're right. dick. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, so we've never seen Lalafell or Rogan and children. And even still, even still, walking around a town, you would see more children than we do. Oh, you my see, gosh. like there's like one group of children that you see. Okay, you, Mister, I'm a dad, and I have a baby who's adorable. Why wouldn't you want more babies in this game too? Because okay. the only baby in the world that is beautiful is mine. What? We're not going to put my baby in the game. You wouldn't Why be able not? to pr- properly render Just the name beautifulness. A ba- name a baby, Bert. Bert. There's not enough polygons in the in the world of Final Fantasy 14. I also agree with more mixed NPCs. Um, because we have, again, a Hilda, a character who fell off the face of the earth, oh who God. is a mixed race, and she was really cool and then didn't get that much screen time because apparently they don't think that mixed characters are cool enough for screen time. No. Uh, and so now we know we pure. know that Square Enix, and again, Square Enix is a Japanese company who I know treats half Japanese people pretty poorly also. They see that half half these characters in games also they treat poorly so calling you out square enix for racism put in some more half these characters and more children we, we don't you. we don't like their kind in this game okay you got to keep the bloodline pure god damn get out of here this <laughs> conversation got get out. really stupid <laughs> get out 
All right, so that that wraps oh, up. Oh, she the- is in the Machinist quest. Okay, I haven't gotten to those ones yet. I really we don't care. Know. We don't care about Machinist. We don't care I'm about stupid care. half races. All right. What Thank we do you. care about is wrapping up the show because this is really. We still stupid. have twenty minutes. I'm trying to fill this. Okay? Oh my god, Nika! I'm going to fill it. All right, I can fill okay, it go. with the best of it. All right, go. So that wraps up our main discussion, but we also have a half discussion because uh, we also talked about what's. Uh, SE could show at FanFest to win back the hosts um, back to Final Fantasy XIV what we would want to see to like you know really get back into the game and since we have the interns on the show I figured it would be you know like a nice way to like involve them and since they're actually not playing and haven't, haven't played in months what they would need to see in order to be drawn back into the game. So, uh, Skrull, you have seniority here in the loosest sense of the term, so we'll start with you, so that means something for seniority. Go. Yeah. Alright, so uh, get me back in. Alright, that was really stupid. Lloyd, go ahead. (laughs) Damn it. Um, What would get me back in would be... Alright, that's good. Cool. No, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. No. You don't get to do that. Uh-uh, no. Nope. Wait, nope. Now, you're tr- now you're trying to be a host? Yeah, wait, no, wait, get, no, get the you don't get to fuck come in out now. of here. Lloyd, go ahead. Uh-uh. The floor is yours. Um, But seriously, what would actually get me back into the game would be a difference in the storyline. Just something that really, would actually so draw me. Really, so just the story. Well, yeah, that's what kept me in 11 for, God, 14, oh, what, 13 years. Uh, in total is just the storyline, just trying to finish what I hadn't finished, if that makes any sense. Where in 14, like, I can just wait three months and be done with it. And it doesn't have any lasting effect. There isn't any overlast, or not overlasting, uh, overarching thing that actually draws me into the game, if that makes any sense. Like, just the community doesn't, isn't there, like it was in 11, the, challenge of the storyline isn't there like it was in 11. Okay, so you mean like a change to the way that the storyline works, not just like how good it is as a story. You mean like changing the quest system for the story and making it harder and more fun. Yeah, because it's it's not rewarding to just go from flag to flag to flag to me. That's why I kind of quit WoW back in the day is because I got tired of just doing those lines of bullshit. And you know, like, that's the thing, like, I feel the part of the reason why Eleven Story felt so much more impactful was because before you could get that little tidbit of story, you had to do an incredibly hard fight most of the time, where yep. you needed the the efforts of your friends to complete it. Yep, I was it. just about to say the same thing. And Great then here. after you got that, then that little bit of story felt so good. There was something yeah. there. And you actually felt connection to the characters where, like, most of the time when I'm listening to you guys, most of these characters are throwaways. Like, they're just placeholders for text, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's just, the characters in 14 are just there to guide you from point to point. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of changes happening now where, like, fights seem to be getting a little bit harder, but I doubt the MSQ will ever get to that point. But... This last ultimate, ultimate, whatever the fuck it's called, kind of has me intrigued, and I might come back and see that. But that's a long way away. So, yeah, other I, than that, I don't know what would bring me back. All right, that's fair. I feel like having the story be like 
kind of gate or gated behind like an actual like hard mode of uh of like the coil bosses or whatever like that kind of term of difficulty because you can clear it pretty easily like the first two turns or whatever i feel like if it was actually gated behind something where you needed needed like friend like seven other friends to complete it i feel like that would actually make the game better and bring more people in and bring more people interested in the story well, I mean, actually, like, get players to communicate with each other. Like, use the shout system to make parties and stuff like that, like we used to. Like, meet people, talk to people, not just duty find and you're in a dungeon. And you don't have to talk to these people because you just watched the Mr. Happy video. So, you know everything. So, there's no point in ever saying hello and goodbye to these people. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. All right, that was a pretty good response. Uh, Skrull, I'll let you have one more chance. Let's let's hear what uh, Square Enix can do to bring you back uh, and what they can show at FanFest to reinvigorate your hope in them. Okay, so I got two things. Complex content that actually has something other than ba- like just battle and fighting. Like, I want actual objectives. I want something else to do in a game and not just feel like, you know, I'm being treated as an idiot that can only hit uh, trash mobs or a big boss. That'd be nice. You know, like just something kind of like Light Night Azul, Salvage, like everything else we've had before in 11 that should be easily interpreted into this game, but it's not for some reason. Um, Blue Mage would probably lock me in. Oh, okay. You're done. You're done. No. No. <laughs> no, no. Blue Mage wants to lock me in. It would. What role? I'm honestly curious. In like three sentences or less, what role would you see or want Blue Mage filling? Uh, I could see it being a tank. Oh my god, you're so dumb, Skrull. No, Seriously. Jesus Christ. I can see it being a tank. No, Skrull, in what we game ever, in what game ever <laughs> was Blue Mage ever designed or like even like remotely shown as a tank? I don't know, it could be. It would, it would be a DPS, let's be real. Okay, yes, obviously Square Enix could make Blue Mage a tank because they would well, force they could it, make White force Mage that a tank circle too, into that square hole. All no, right, White they could Mage do is it. forever known as like a healer. Like at least Blue Mage has like some flexibility in the role to where it would it could make sense to be a tank. <sighs> no, God, no, no. The only it's ever true. game where that worked was Final Fantasy XI. That was because you took a very very specific set of spells and the engine allowed you to be like it, expansive yeah, and even enough to still, do that. It was very, very few circumstances that allowed you to tank also. Yeah. Like, they were good at soloing, and they had there was a couple NMs where I think they were okay at it. No, but I generally, could... you just, like, smashed... You stood behind it and smashed whatever that big Blue Mage move was into it over and over and over again. No, I, 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 I can see Blue Mage as being a possible job, but it's 100% a DD. It's a damage dealer. I don't think we're going to get a DD in this next expansion. Uh, we, <laughs> if we oh. do, it'd be so disappointing. Oh, honey. Yeah. Well, okay. Then again, Yoshifu doesn't really give much of a shit about the the queue time, so I guess. It well, really he claims to give a shit, but doesn't actually understand them. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then I one th- other thing would be uh, conflict in the game. That would be really nice because there really is a lack thereof. What do you mean conflict? Uh, like you know, when we went when to like Wings of the Goddess in eleven, like it, you felt like you were constantly surrounded by conflict happening. Or in TYU, you had like 
the beastmen at the gates and like yep. trying okay. to fend them off. I agree with that very, very and much. And you just don't have that. And even like the Garlean representation, like they don't really give a shit about us, but they kind of don't like us, but we're kind of cool with them because we don't like icons either. Like it's just, there's no real like they absolutely hate us and like they're trying to actively defeat yeah. us. Kill us. Honestly, this is, Stormblood should have had that. Like we took back all amigo. And so the thing is, is that Garland's not happy about that. They should be sending in random teams here and there to come and try to take it back that we have to beat down. Yeah. Yeah. They should take they should take back regions. They should take Ruby C. And if we don't go and take it back, fuck, we can't teleport. I don't know, something stupid. Like we can't we can't hunt do our hunts there. We can't do something there because the Garlands have it and we have to take it back. Like, how fucking easy would it have been to implement something like that? Well, it wouldn't be that hard at all because they did that in one right before the calamity, where yep. they would siege the towns and all that yep oh we'll yeah. see that's why we're not gonna get that though because it was in 1.0 and everything about 1.0 was bad that was probably the best part of 1.0 and the thing is is that was the part that they knew wasn't gonna stay because they had done like the whole server save and then they started doing all this shit so like they did the server save and then it was like okay now the everyone's gonna raid the cities and uh, we're gonna give out free relics and let everyone go ham on the bad guys so like they implemented an entire new system to never use it again kind of like yep all right, well, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well, since we were talking about jobs, let's keep talking about jobs for a little bit. Um, what do you guys do? You, what do you guys think we're gonna get in Storm in five uh, Do you think we're gonna get a tank and a healer? Or that's true. They always announce new jobs at these fan fests through t-shirts. Do you think they're? Do you think Yoshi's gonna do another t-shirt reveal? <laughs> of course, he's going to. <laughs> yeah. um, we better get a tank and healer. That's I, all I gotta say. I think we're gonna get two that. more DPS. God no, please no. Well, no, it's definitely a healer though, because they've all but confirmed which call it. Um, that stupid healer from Geomancer. Yeah, Geomancer. Um, I don't no. want to say they've all but confirmed that. Like the Astrologian storyline has a lot about Geomancy, but they talk a lot about how it's just like a an ancient version of astrology. Like I don't, and that they have to like work in harmony. I don't. It could be, but it seems to me like geomancy is performed the same way as astrology it's just a different side of the elemental aspect of healing or whatever like it doesn't i don't feel like it was a separate job from from astral astrology i feel like the storyline told us it was basically the missing part of astrology not that it's actually going to be a job but yeah i mean grant i mean i think the only one that hasn't really suggested like you know like expansion jobs is probably 2.0 because I, I can't think of like anything that suggested dark knight astrologian or machinist back then like in the game itself yeah but i mean like well no to be fair we knew we were getting a gun class um i there was a uh what was it, what was it called there was oh, some there was that guild there right. was a guild and there was the npc in the tower uh sorry what's that one called the, the dungeon that has siren in it mm. Yeah, but I think they, they could There's be. a the first boss has a gun too, and I feel like they were kinda like, Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna get a gun job someday. Mm. We didn't know it was gonna be machinist. We were all saying like Corsair or like Chemist. I mean like lore wise, like nothing really suggested as much as like, you know, Red Mage was suggested pretty pretty heavily, like later on in uh three Yeah, but there was well mm, I mean Yeah, but I feel like when we got when we got the all the hints that Alice a was a red mage, we already had the red mage fan fest teaser for her, so we uh, like attributed those together. Yeah, like we didn't get it in the game before we already knew it was coming. That's what I mean. Um, I, I feel like between two point X and three point that was like the one time we had like just genuinely surprise or genuine surprise about what the jobs were. I feel like now we usually always get like one, and they've already said like they're only going to make two ever. Like they're not going to make more than two. 
Yeah, there's, yeah. Really, there's no That's way we're ever going to get three jobs ever again. Ever. Yeah. And they're even talking about cutting back on that to go just to one job, which I think gets even more bullshit. I think if we only get one job, then we have a chance at a tank or a healer. But if uh, if we get two jobs, then they're definitely both going to be DPS again. Uh, I don't think so. If they put in two more DPS, that's just going to skew the entire balance of everything. So? Like, we need another tank and healer. Eh, I mean, not really. I don't know if we really need another tank and healer, to be honest. I mean, need, no, but should, yes. But like, 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 think about it. like. There's no like, uh, there's no enfeeblements. There's not really much buffs that diversify. I want a melee healer of some sort. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. What but... game ever has had a melee healer? Nico? Uh, Overwatch. Yeah, was the only oh, one. Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> that's, that's a complete carryover to RPGs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You could make it work, but considering considering in this game healers like in FF11 and other games like that, the healers just stand in the back and never get touched. In 14, healers still have to dodge mechanics. They still have to do all the shit the frontline people have to do. So it really would not be that hard to have a healer on the front lines in this game at all. Hmm. It I would not. Cool, but I think we're never going to see it, unfortunately. Yeah. Gonna... The answer could be that, though. Square Enix yeah, is be. not that clever or intelligent to make such a class that is so far removed from all the other ones. And they've tried to dumb down, like, healing DPS so much, you think they're honestly gonna make it to where it's like, oh yeah, you can do both, really? Like, no. Like, you're not gonna be able to do, like, they're gonna completely tunnel it down to where you're either healing or you're DPS. I mean, look at fucking Red Mage, and that was their attempt at, quote, a melee caster. It's yeah. fucking garbage. It has three melee moves that you can do every so often. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking terrible. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool, but, like, I, I can't even think of, like, what class they'd introduce. I'd love to see Dancer. I know it's being thrown out here in the chat, but I don't, I don't think we'll ever see that. See, I, that's Time why I would say if they introduced Dancer, it, sh- it would be a melee healer or a DPS. I don't, we're probably <laughs> not going to get Dancer. I feel like we're probably only going to get one class, and I feel like it's probably going to be Blue Mage, to be honest. No, I don't think so. I don't... I don't well, s- tank. I, don't know, I, I think it'd be a tank. No, just, God. You can quote what? me on this, and I'll take anyone on this bet that Blue Mage will the never Nostradamus be a prediction. Nostradamus prediction. We will never get Blue Mage as a tank in Final Fantasy. No, I agree, but I think if we get one job, it would be a tank job. Mm, what tank mm. would it be? Yeah, what, what, what class? class? At this um, point? Like people are saying, Judge. I think it could be something big judge. in Armory like that. Um, judge maybe... has never been a class. I mean, the only thing I could possibly think is Rune Fencer from Eleven, but I don't think that's even remotely popular enough to be. No, even I'm trying to think of some of the big. It's Dark like, Knight, basically. The big ones no, we've had in the past, totally and like other FF games. Uh, yeah, Luntina, Luntina says Beastmaster in the chat. We, we are never seeing another pet job that, ever. Never seen that. Yeah. No, but that's the, someone had a good point that Puppet Master was mentioned in one of the lower quests, one of the lower job quests. Uh, I don't even, yeah, I mean, Viking or like a Berserker would be really cool. Berserker, no. Berserker could be a tank. But the thing is, like, it's just like, like, what? Do you, like, you look at it. You have your shield tank, you have your blood tank, and then you have uh, your, your, your damage tank. So, like, what more do you really need? Well, that's basically warrior. Is your damage tank? We don't have like an evasive tank. We can never repurpose ninja that. for a tank. Well, yeah, your blink tank. Well, yeah. Oh okay. Essie, uh, have you ever thought about putting in shadows? Does that ring any bells to you? Like, you feel good about that? We had shadows and they took them out, those dicks. Yeah, we're yeah. never getting that. I, it'd be cool, but I just, like, that's why, like, I don't really know if we really need a tank because, like, there's just not a whole lot of diversifying between the tanks already. And they're already having trying to kind of merge them together just to make them useful. Yeah, like, see, exactly. Wow, that's the smartest thing that Skrull ever said. I know. Spooky. 
<laughs> That's why we're going to get a DPS, is because uh, they can't, like, the tanks are already basically the same thing. Uh, the healers have horrible identity issues. Um, yeah. We're going to get a, a DPS, and we're only going to get one. That's uh, I, I could see, and see that's another thing is like you, you you guys say like evasion tank, like you can't have an evasion tank walking around in plate mail, and that's what tanks wear is going to be heavy plate mail shit. That's true with the way that the gear works in this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What if they implement uh, freelancer? How would you implement freelancer yeah. in a game with <laughs> the Holy Trinity? <laughs> can't. I don't think that would work. Um, so wait, Onion Knight. And Shrodun says something about in the Evil East Raids, they mentioned Templar could be something. Mm, that's just... I mean, I see, if, if uh, the reason why I thought, honestly, Blue Mage being a tank, and I don't think it, it it would be tough if it was, but, like, it'd be, like, a magic casting tank. So you have to, like, cast abilities to mitigate certain damage. You know, that would be kind of cool, is that you're just casting magic to... But, see, but because of that, first of all, that wouldn't work with the cross-class shit the way yeah, they have it now. And secondly, is that you'd <laughs> lose, like... Again, like, I know we said tanks and DPS, but, like, your DPS, you wouldn't have any DPS ever because you wouldn't have the instant mitigation you'd have to be casting all the time. Yeah. So I don't know if that would work. And I agree. Uh, it, that's the only, like I said, that's the only thing I can think of that would work as, like, a different tank that we would be actually getting because evasion tank, no. Shadow tanking, no. Like, blink tanking, it's never going to happen. Like, it'd be cool, but we're never going to get that. Like, we'll get enfeeblements before we get any of that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a nice discussion that we had today, but I think we're gonna. I think that's gonna be it for us today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a good show. Nico, what do you th- what do you think about the show today? Do you think that- I think I know that- you and I did great. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. we. Did, I was gonna say we talked a lot. We did a good job. I think we could have done this without the interns. Probably. But they didn't I, add but much. I won't say that they didn't add much, but they also didn't take anything away. They tried. <laughs> they tried. There you go. I don't think any of them ended with more than one point or zero points. I, I want to point out that Lloyd said that gay people can't have kids. Hey, fuck you, bud. <laughs> he did. Yeah, so he does get a point there. Are you right, Skirt? No, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Minus five points to all of you, including Juxta. Um... <laughs> I think no. I think we probably could have had the show on our own. However, I, I do feel like this was a good discussion, and it seems like every time a Nero is not here, we have a good discussion. So yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what that's saying. Huh? <laughs> you know what I noticed is Nika saying it's a great discussion, but she was the one that talked the majority of the discussion. Hey, and people complain that I don't talk <laughs> that much, and that people talk over me, and that like they never let me talk. So here, I talked, and every time I have more say in an episode or. I plan an episode and people are like, hey, this is a good episode. So, ha. Okay, so you're right, Nika. You can plan all the episodes from now on. No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, okay. See? I will be a co-planner, but I can't solo plan things. See, we co-planned this episode. It worked out well. So, let's let's co-plan every episode. Okay, well, how about this? Uh, We'll co-plan, but uh, you'll be co-planning with Calvo. I mean, if he ever tells me, like, what ideas he has, I will be happy to co-plan, but he just does it, so I just okay, let him. Okay, so communication <laughs> problems. That's all we have. Uh, I'll get you in touch with his Facebook um, uh, profile, and you guys can talk. <laughs> Easy peasy, lemon squeeze. <laughs> okay. All right, so this is LBR. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we are a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, obviously. You can catch us uh, live every Sunday at 4 p.m., but not next week, uh, Father's Day the 17th, because we are taking that week off. Um, 
And you can find us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual places uh, at uh, Limit Break Radio. And uh, check out our website at www.limitbreakradio.com. And uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, my name is Juxta, and keep listening. Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Juxtaposition, Nika Kayanian, Lloyd, and Skirl? Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Mary Kennett, Nexian Data, Hirsch First, Telen Vieira, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode provided by Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Greek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.